0: I'm Zach, I'm Riff, I'm Jim,
1: I'm Kevin, and I'm Nick. Hi Nick, Hi, thanks hello, for joining guys.
2: us for episode number 362 of Video Games Hot Dog. Um, so yeah, we're spread all over the world, two of that's, us are, That's Riff's cool. all, is all over the world, but Kevin, you're still in, in uh, Australia, I was going to say Arizona, but that's nothing like that, except uh, climate-wise. People call
1: it the Arizona of Australasia.
3: It's true. I'm. I'm about uh, next week. I'll be heading to the Texas of Australia. So that's going to be exciting. I'll have. I'll have many things to report.
1: Which? What's like, the Texas
2: of Australia?
3: Queensland, apparently. Uh, apparently, it's it's a state where they just uh, everybody has big uh, fake guns because you're not allowed to have real guns, and uh, and laws don't apply.
4: Hmm okay, okay. So Bar- barbecue well, but if the everywhere. laws don't
2: apply why are the guns fake
3: <laughs> well that's i guess i guess uh that's an excellent question i don't know the answer to that uh apparently like in queensland they let you hold the koalas so i haven't bothered going to look at any koalas because i i might get to hold one so
2: do you does that a thing that appeals to you
3: uh sure i i as a kid a koala was my favorite animal because it started with k of course uh <laughs> and so um I figure I should probably try to hold one once in my life. It, and it's probably it does going to seem
0: like it elsewhere eventually. So do uh, so. kangaroos
1: and koalas. So you're like in your yeah, in I your, am. You're in your place.
0: It does seem like, like a koala would be like the closest living equivalent to a teddy bear. So that's right? kind of fun. Yeah, except they're
2: like assholes and
0: right? they've got like real the sharp
2: claws and shit and Maybe
1: vicious just, teeth. I don't know if they have vicious teeth or not.
5: You guys are thinking of drop bears, which are a <laughs> completely different thing. Are they?
1: Yeah, er- everything in Australia is like secretly awful and will kill you.
2: Yeah, except potoroos. Potoroos are fucking little delightful little hopping fellers. What's a pot? I've never heard of them. I've never even heard
3: of They're them. They're
2: like little delightful little hopping fellas. You go go to a go to a refuge and you'll see go to a potaroo refuge.
0: Okay. I like the the what's it the the quokka, which is like the little the, the little yep. animal that always looks like it's beaming and smiling for some reason. Oh <laughs> dear! Its face. Yeah, sure I'm sure, I'm like sure it's tortured on the inside. But it they, looks they really evolved
5: magic. that as a defense mechanism because no one wants to kill a smiling animal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: that's true. Hmm. Yeah, that's why hyenas uh, laugh is because uh, <laughs> right. Um, they're they're healthy all the time because it's the best medicine. Uh, what have you seen uh, lately that's been fun, Kevin? Oh geez, it's been a while. I have I have
3: definitely uh, been been a traveling. Um, so did I talk about? No, I have. Wow, I haven't really like I recorded the first day I got here. So I have. So basically, nothing that I have done uh, in Australia in the past two weeks has have I talked about. Okay, so uh, all right, I went to, on a ropes adventure course uh, in like in the treetops. Have you? Have any of you ever Describe done this that? Describe sort of that. I haven't. Uh, so they uh, suspend a bunch of cables between treetops basically they're like you're i'm gonna say 20 meters off the ground which uh, in american is like a thousand feet i think um, Yeah, you've already
2: gone native
3: <laughs> right um, and how many clicks this...
2: outside of town were you when you uh <laughs> <laughs> uh
3: they okay it, let, let's also start how many, starts how many with liters K, of by the petrol way. did it take to get there <laughs> in the boot of your lorry <laughs> uh it, it, so the the course itself was was cool you're like swinging from you're like ziplining a bunch from tree top to tree top and you're like walking on like a, a trip like not a trip wire a balancing wire or whatever and you're like they have like there's places where you're like hopping from the top of a pole to another top of a pole and stuff like that which uh, would be absolutely terrifying except for you're like hitched into like a support cable the whole time Uh, and the mechanism they have for that is super super clever you have two carabiners on a harness like you're like strapped into a harness uh and you can't get out they like lock you in basically Um, and then uh you sort of clip in to a cable which locks that carabiner onto that cable and you cannot open it and you have to sort of clip into another thing with a different carabiner before the first one will unlock so you're always locked into at least one thing at any given time. Um, it's super. It's like super clever the way that they have it. And the two carabiners are sort of have a little sort of a cable that runs between them that prevents one from opening while the other one is is locked.
4: Hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I have I have done this once and I did it here locally. Uh, so <laughs> when you get back, if you want to do it again, I can recommend <laughs> Sonoma canopy tours. Oh, but okay. I'm sure it was not as pretty as it was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but is but this it,
5: like a franchise? uh
1: there's a whole bunch of them around you actually like in the in the redwoods and sequoias. Wow. sounds um, great but yeah it's cool i
2: want to there to be a thing where you ride motorcycles real real fast through the redwoods and then like guys in fursuits you want star Wars uh, set traps for you like <laughs> okay. a big log swings <laughs> down and you have to be good at riding a motorcycle to get out of the way of it
1: this is reminding me of this idea I've had for an I've been telling people this for like 10 or 15 years. Tell me if you would not pay for this. If there was like an experience where you could pay like $1,000 and go to like a warehouse and basically be Batman for like two or three hours. And you would like go to the Batcave and dress up as Batman. And you would like fight a bunch of stuntmen. And you could drive the Batmobile. And you could start up as Bruce Wayne. And you could like go behind a bookcase or something. You basically have this like several hour long Batman you know immersive theater thing and you pay a lot for it. maybe more maybe a few thousand but like i feel like there's a market for that probably all of us
2: yeah i think i think i would save up for that yeah i mean i would just spend money carelessly because that's my whole personality Uh but yeah that sounds good do you so you actually drive around i mean
1: a little bit yeah you like or or give you the feeling of it you'd like you know jump to the waterfall on the batmobile or something
2: Mm. okay so that you just have a waterfall like swoop past you
0: yeah, it's like because
2: I mean, how much land do you have to buy to make this happen? If it's all in a warehouse, oh, is yeah. the Batmobile just like a go kart?
0: It could be like yeah, one of those sure. simulator well, things that you that you get into how, and it shakes.
5: How much of a discount would there be if it was like an off-brand Batman with just like slightly like <laughs> shittier costumes? <laughs> because I don't really care Black about Man. the Batman
1: name. Well, once this comes out and is like the new most popular activity for 18- to 35-year-olds, then there's going to be knockoffs everywhere. So, sure. yeah, if you want yeah. to take a lesser hero, a knockoff hero. I'll wait for the discount. <laughs> you could do just like a
2: Minecraft one, right? You just build I a guess. voxel. Like four-foot voxels. <laughs> Assuming that everyone who <laughs> comes in there is eight feet tall. A four-foot voxel is
4: right.
2: <laughs> I like it, though. I like the idea of an immersive uh, experience. They're they were talking about some Star Wars thing that they're doing in Florida that's like that, where you pay some number of thousands of dollars and you just get to go be a Star Warfer.
1: Wasn't that part of the Star Wars park or whatever?
2: Uh, Nobody is sure what's happening there for, like, normal attendees, but this is a separate, this is like a Star Wars camp.
1: Well, there's like, oh, I see. There's the thing with, like, like Star Wars park when you, like, go on rides and whatever, but then there was the other element that I think is rolling out later where, like, there you like will go to a bar afterwards and like the bartenders will comment on like, hey, nice shot on that Star Destroyer or whatever. Mm. Uh and I think even the hotel you stay in is like doesn't break character. Yeah, oh, man.
2: Yeah. I'm so uh. I God, I'm just there. You know
1: <laughs> what I, I
5: would pay money for is a, a Jaws attraction where you pay money to be a jaw for Ooh. a couple of hours. <laughs>
2: Yeah, like you're you swimming around in a shark suit. One of two Jaws, yeah. like you have
5: to pair up with someone else. Well, uh, <laughs> I, so I don't remember where I heard this, but was, I just- It was Jake the, in-, the in the the canonical, Was it thumbs. Jake? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. so good. The, canonically, the idea that Jaws, the shark's name is Jaw, and it's his movie. <laughs> I see. Yep. <laughs>
2: Very good. Jaws would be the second one if it were like Alien and Aliens.
5: Though. Oh. <laughs> right. Like, right, yeah, Jaws is- They just skipped- the, They, they skip. moved the apostrophe to the end, and then- <laughs>
1: So that was going to be Jaw versus Predator. Yeah. Well, that explains why we
3: never saw the origin story, right? Because that's the first movie that isn't widely released. Yeah.
1: Okay. Jaw-metheus.
2: Oh, Jim, I thought of you the other day. Oh. I was, um... It was a good? I was... Yeah, it was. I was oh, good. Bra- I was breaking up some old uh, concrete slabs in my backyard, <laughs> and...
5: <laughs> I always think of me when I'm doing that. Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> and And, uh... Underneath them, it was because like, the reason that I was breaking them up is because they were all like collapsed and sunk. From like, uh, I, I learned from my neighbor that there's apparently like an underground stream that runs underneath all of our properties, and so stuff just washes out. Whoa! Uh, and th- but this this collapsed like decades ago, uh, but I was breaking it up and like leveling out the the ground there. Underneath the slab was like maybe six inches of empty space. Uh, And I was clearing out the chunks of concrete that I broke, and there was a fucking black widow in there, which I then killed. So I was... I was exploring some old ruins, and yeah. I broke through some ruins into a cave yeah. where I fought a spider. Yeah. And I was like, "My yard has fucking realms." Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> I love that,
5: except for the spider part.
2: Yeah, it would have been better if it was a bat, right? Yeah. Although, what would it have been doing down there?
5: Was, <laughs> well, like, a, it doesn't. A designer put it there. Yeah. Like, it oh, doesn't yeah. really a matter. Cave, a cave
1: bat. I don't like that there uh, was a black you widow should, so
3: close to your house. That's that
1: I amazing. like that a lot. You should you should call me next time that happens so I can come take some pictures with my bug lens. How uh, oh, do you have a bug lens? I do. I've only seen one black widow like living in the barrier. uh. Well, the there one.
2: there. I have seen some webs that trigger my that's a black widow web feeling. Do they look different? Yeah. The black widow webs are like at ground level and they're real messy.
1: The husband huh. is dead.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so nobody's really <laughs> maintaining the webs anymore <laughs> uh, um, but yeah that was that's
1: my only that's my only personal you, story. you brush with death that reminded you of Jim what
5: that's you, good though i knew I knew somehow that you were going realms with that story, yeah, and that would be it
1: uh it's what, very on brand for me yeah, what have you been up to, Nick? Oh my I don't know you're gonna ask me that it's been, been a few months difficult question uh. It has. What have I been doing? Uh, you had an I, Oscar party. I had an Oscar party that you came to. Thank you. Um, yeah, that was a fun time. No, so thank you, seeing, buddy. Seeing a lot of movies. You provided so much ice cream. That's true. It was, it was, an Osc- it was our seventh annual Oscars ice cream social. Uh, or Oscars watching ice cream eating social, basically. Ice cream social, I suppose. Uh, it was a good time. So, yeah, just watching movies, playing a few games. Um, back on, oh, we played some some good crokinole just now. I don't know if you talked
0: about crokinole in the show. I
2: don't know if we have. We've been playing a lot of crokinole. 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 Oh, okay. At the office.
0: So that um, expo- that because Jim earlier was, we, we, Kevin and I were were uh, were wondering where you guys were, and, and Jim came in the chat and said they're playing a wooden video game.
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> um, true. Yeah, so crokinole is a game that's played on a board, uh, and it's a dexterity game. Uh, you flick little discs, and you're trying to get your disc in the in a hole that's in the to center. To get a
1: dookie,
2: you're trying to get a dookie, which is <laughs> what you call it when you plop when you plop your little hockey puck in the in the hole in the center. Huh. Uh, but if your opponent has there, there are bumpers in a ring around the center of the board where the hole is. Um, if your opponent has any pieces on the board, you have to hit your opponent's piece with your piece in order for your move to count. If this is your um, first
3: night at Crokinole, you have to hit the other opponent's <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: piece.
2: <laughs> yeah, if, if it's if it's your first shot at Crokinole, you should try to get a dookie. Um, but it's very good. Nick brought in a nice Crokinole it's board a, a few like months a ago. in Canadian it's, pub game. It's sweep sweeping the office. Yeah, I looked into it. It was invented in the late 1800s by some Canadian
1: outdoorsman uh, for his children. And speaking of sweep in the office, you mentioned that our cleaning lady saw it and was like, "Hey, what's up with the yeah, crokinole?" Yeah, who here plays
2: crokinole? And I said, "Gosh, everyone, Maddie." And she <laughs> said, "I haven't seen one of those since I left Canada. I didn't even know she was from Canada, mm-hmm. or that everyone in Canada." So it's knows a, it's about, a great, like, conversation knows starter about too. Crokinole, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Good crokinole. Good yeah. little
5: wooden discs.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: What have you been up to, Jim?
5: So this actually happened before we recorded last. And I was just like, I'll talk about Russian doll instead because I blanked on the actual life story. Uh a sixteen-year-old uh, kid flipped his car in front of our house. Whoa! Wow! So that was fun. Um. Is so he okay? so, hey. Your so
2: neighborhood is pretty residential. Like yeah, what?
5: Y- yeah. So like there have been like it people definitely street race in the neighbor in this neighborhood, like on this street. Uh, like I remember going up to the park and walking past like a dozen expensive cars with a dozen like Asian teenagers idling in them like clearly about to race. Um, But that's always at night. I think this is just like a kid who didn't have his license. So what happened was um, I was working. uh, April was putting Winston down for a nap, I think. um, And. I heard a, a ruckus outside and I was kind of like like emerging from my work cocoon and immediately April is running down the stairs yelling at me to call 911 uh and to take care of Winston. Um wow. And uh, yeah, she's she's extremely good at emergency situations. It's it's, it's really impressive actually. Um and uh i i'm on i'm on call with i'm on i'm on hold with nine one one they asked me to like describe the guy if like if he's if he's okay um and i go outside like, cause i actually haven't seen him i haven't actually like seen the wreck myself but yeah i go outside and like this car is upside down like just kind of up against another car but the other car isn't really damaged at all so it just yeah, kind of like slid up and then stopped the picture was what you saw that photo yeah yeah and um, I could tell who uh, was the driver in the accident because he was the one who was most shaken up and asking people not to call the police. Like he was on his on the phone to to his parents, hmm. not to trying police? to just like, what's up? Oh yeah, yeah. He was so he was. Um, he was. He didn't have a license.
2: Yeah, if nobody was hurt and no other car was damaged, I would also not want the police to be involved in a uh, in a single car accident,
5: right? Like that. But like going that fast sure. on a residential street is super dangerous. Well, okay. And like, I, be, I
2: mean, I guess if you want to be a fucking narc, then call the cops <laughs> on the kid.
5: Yeah, but I had already, I, I had actually already done so, yeah. so it was too yeah. late. Yeah. but he was like, so a- April sometimes watches these. Um, she's, she's really into overwatch lately and she's been watching these competitive overwatch teams on Twitch and they they have this very specific look of like, they're almost always like at least partly Asian wearing like the team hoodie spiked hair. And this kid like looked just like one of them. He was wearing a PlayStation hoodie. Um, very clearly like styled after either styled after them or like they're part of the same subculture. um, and we just like hung up as emergency vehicle hung out rather as emergency vehicle after emergency vehicle showed up. Um, none of them strictly necessary as it turned out, but you know you don't know that at first.
2: How do you turn a car over?
5: We didn't actually see it happen. We saw like um, we saw a. A truck that was making attempts to do it, but we just all—all all I was outside for was when it fucked up and didn't successfully turn it over.
1: Mm. Um, you mean after it's been turned over once, or in the first place?
5: Oh, oh. so the, what happened in the first place was—I yeah,
2: I know that. I'm saying when a car is upside down, what sort of an object, do, what what tool do you use to to flip it back over, other than like five frat guys?
5: <laughs> 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 uh, the the truck seemed like a, like a. So, I, I actually wasn't paying enough attention to be sure, sure, like, of what the actual mechanism was, but it looked like sort of a, a forklift that can rotate, maybe. Mm. Or maybe I'm misremembering and it was trying to put the car on the forklift upside down without turning it over. It could be, mm. it could be like, I, I don't trust me on this. Uh, but the way it flipped over in the first place was it went up a slope. Mm. Uh, so, uh, so, it was, like, on a 45-degree slope going going too fast and like you, you can you, I posted photographs of like the tire marks later
4: mm.
5: uh, but yeah Winston was super into all this like just watching and listening to the whole like Winston is at the, at the point where like he is super interested in anything exciting anything like flashing lights or lots of movement or, or like patterned noises like I can I can keep him interested by like playing piano for a while that's mm. cool
1: hopefully, this doesn't tr- bring up traumatic memories, but that, was that the first time you've dialed nine one one
5: no, but i've I've never dialed nine one one because there's something bad that happened to someone I knew. Mm. But it's always been like, yeah, I saw a car on fire. Um, <laughs> that sort of thing.
2: I guess i I called nine one one a handful of times when there were car wrecks to report them and i just didn't know the like normal police phone number and then once when i saw some people in a fight yeah that's probably the
1: normal police phone number (laughs) outside of a bar yeah yeah
2: but it was it was like a guy who looked like he was about to beat the shit out of his girlfriend so i kind of wanted to expedite like i didn't want to look up the police
5: number yeah i
2: was just like these were also post cell phone but pre-smartphone
5: so and then his parents showed up oh no (laughs) were they also asian They were also Asian. Yeah. Good good.
2: Just trying to set the scene.
3: (laughs) Were they, were they like, pissed Uh, or were they worried or was it like some sort of combination
4: of both?
5: It was a combination of both. They were like, he's not, he's not supposed to be out. Why is he driving the car? What an idiot. Was it their car? I think, I think it was their car, but I didn't, I'm not sure. What kind of car Um, was
2: it? Was it like a hot rod?
5: No, it was station wagon. It was like a dad car, but like a, a nice dad car. What does a dad drive? I, if I could tell – if I remembered the make or model, I would have told you. I don't remember that sort well, but of thing. what's
2: kind of a – what's an example of a dad car?
5: If I could name a make or model of a car, I oh, would. Any car. Oh, any, just <laughs> anything.
2: If you could think of a single car, you would say that just to shut me up. <laughs>
5: <laughs> um, uh, okay. There's a in, – in Grand Theft Auto Vice City, there, there's a kind of car called the cheetah. Um. Okay. So that's a kind of car. So it's like that. All right. Same uh,
0: wheels, anyway.
5: Right. And they were like apologizing to everybody, um, which was sad. But he seemed okay. But like, of course, you you can have um, you can have like pretty bad injuries, and adrenaline will get you through them for a while. So yeah,
2: but if you're 15, you recover from fucking everything. He's, he's probably old.
5: fine. Yeah, <laughs> like he's probably. In still in trouble is my guess, <laughs> but physically I bet he's
4: fine. Yeah. I
2: wonder, like, I, I know that there was this idea that if you fucked up bad enough, they could like make it so you couldn't get your driver's license until you were older. Oh yeah. Uh, that's a thing that a court can order. Yeah. I would do that to that kid.
5: That, yep. Yep. You me should, too. You
1: should get him on the show.
5: Yeah. Good idea. I didn't get his number. Accident postmortem. Were tell you a, him, a, Tell were him you you'll witness? give him a ride
1: <laughs> and then ask him to drive. <laughs> <your driver. laughs>
2: What have you been up to, Riff?
0: Mm, I saw that new Battle Angel movie. Oh the oh, yeah. Alita,
3: Alita, Battle Angel, or whatever is that? Is it a sequel? Yeah. or is this the first one.
0: This is this is the the first one uh, based on a uh, based on a manga, which is in English called Battle Angel, and in Japanese is called Ganmu. I think and I don't know what that translates to. And it's, was a, it? it's
1: also a script that James Cameron wrote and been, has been trying to get made for like yeah kind of he years. is
0: the oh. this it was like a, a the the a rare example of like a a cartoon movie or movie based on a manga or something being made because the guy like like this is genuinely James Cameron's favorite manga and that's why he wanted to do it not because a committee decided that it might sell well. And it, it really comes through in like the in in the in the movie because everything because the um, they had to compress the storyline a little bit like the movie takes like the first two story arcs from the manga and also imports in a villain that you don't see till near the end of the series ordinarily, um, but it it compresses this stuff together in in a really thoughtful way that worked really well and uh, yeah it was just, it what was, set of uh, circumstances it was...
2: leads to James Cameron having trouble getting a movie made
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, why not right after Avatar? He's like, okay, I made the biggest movie in the world. Why can't I make the next one that I want to make?
2: Oh, right, because even though it was the biggest movie in the world, no one can name a single character from it it or (laughs) gives a fuck about anything that happened in it or remember anything about it at all. Well,
1: and the other interesting part is that uh, Robert Rodriguez directed this, uh, which, I mean, I guess he went and made a bunch of Spy Kids movies, but it's just also funny, like, knowing him from... Years ago, uh, I guess when I was in film school or right after where like he was the indie movie guy who knew how to do things on a budget and wrote books about like shooting things on a budget. And now he's making the most like CG aplenty action spectacle. Um, yeah, it's apparently made it's mo- but,
0: it's it's doubled its budget in returns already. So it's doing cool. all Yeah, right. but
2: globally. It's done well. Yeah. Yeah. Is it was it any good?
0: Yeah, it was real good. I enjoyed it a lot. Especially is because it's also my favorite manga, so it it, uh, I was real worried that it was going to be bad. But
5: uh, yeah, like that. The the I know two things about this movie. One is that the main character has real big eyes. Yeah, and the other is that maybe Eminem does a rap over the credits, but that might have been a joke somebody made.
0: (laughs) I don't remember Uh, that. Yeah, I don't actually remember. But I did look up in advance if there was. Like an extra scene after the credits and there wasn't, so I didn't really stay for the credits. Okay, yeah.
2: Man, remember when Emily made that joke about how if Richard Garriott and James Cameron had a kid, that kid's greatest dream would be be to remain at exactly sea level all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I hadn't thought about that in a while, because I guess I hadn't thought about James Cameron in a while. Mm -hmm. I never stopped thinking about Richard Garriott, though.
1: Uh I, I I didn't love the movie. I found a lot of the, the writing and that, that same issue of compressing it all into a couple hours like made for some pretty awkward moments for me. Mm-hmm. But I will say There I'm, was I'm some, some the corny I mean,
0: dialogue that I could have done without, but yeah. I, I wouldn't give it a yeah. ten out of ten, but I gave it like a nine.
1: Right, right. Wow. That's yeah, Jeez. that's high praise. But I was gonna say even even like regardless of what you think of the story, like I think all the action is really well done. Yeah. It's the first movie in a while that had sort of very like spectacular CG uh, fight scenes that were also very easy to follow and yeah, all the characters it's had their weight. All the, all and the fights like,
0: were very legible, yeah.
1: Yeah, which is, which is very refreshing, so yeah. I'm I'm glad for no other reason that I saw it in a the theater for that.
0: And the thing with the eyes...
4: eyes or I was the just only movies say, the that thing... I've
3: seen recently... Sorry. The only movies that I've Go seen where the fights weren't legible was the Transformers movies. Like, those things just seem like oh, yeah. nonsense. That was But everything else ridiculous. that I've seen has been comprehensible but maybe i haven't seen a bunch of like giant CGI uh, have you
1: seen like well even like any of the Bourne movies because i feel like that's a whole like cinematic movement of like action or i mean some of the marvel stuff where it's like just very close-up shots of like a fist hitting a chest uh and you can't like really place everyone in the scene gladiator
3: kind
2: Weird. of invented that no i was everything huh. has been terrible ever since then
3: I don't feel like the I was gonna I was gonna suggest the Bourne movies as a counter example where the where the like fighting is like very well choreographed and very comprehensible. Hmm. So that's interesting that ah. that you feel like that's not that's not good.
5: Hmm. Well, it might be there might be some like of a gradient over the course of the Bourne series. Oh, that's possible. Like I thought the the f- I thought the first movie was really solid, and then it kind of went downhill from there.
1: Hmm. But but definitely you're right. I think on the the more spectacular side of it like transformers is the the end of the incomprehensible <laughs> spectrum
3: sorry Riff, I cut you off about talking about the eyes
0: oh that that that's fine uh because uh, well anyway the the um like in the the hugeness of her eyes bothered me in the trailer but it didn't bother me in the actual movie at all and she just kind of so looked it, like is a Pixar like a plot character. point is uh, she an alien or something she like- not well, yes and no. <laughs> she's an android um but with a human brain. She her she's she's
5: a cyborg. A yeah, cybernetic organism.
0: Or yeah, cyborg, not not android.
2: Is she made of a mimetic polyalloy?
0: <laughs> uh liquid metal. Liquid metal. <laughs> no, but later in the movie she does acquire a suit that has some nanomolecular properties and can uh Correct its shape as necessary.
2: Oh, so
1: like, uh, like uh, Spawn's cloak. <laughs> <laughs> made, do you see they're making a new Spawn movie? No, is yeah. John
2: Leguizamo in it?
1: I hope so. Oh, man, as <laughs> the clown.
2: I assume that was the only good thing about the Spawn movie. I don't really remember.
1: I, I remember
5: I, I saw it. But I don't that doesn't hold about up it. at all. <laughs> Is that the movie that opens with John Leguizamo singing up in the shower, singing up at the, camp, <laughs> the camera?
2: No, but there's a, they take place in the same cinematic universe. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's, it's the past, the pastiverse.
4: Okay, yeah, it's the
2: one where John Leguizamo as a clown says, "Every time somebody farts, a demon gets its wings."
4: Oh,
5: oh it's the mm. sweetest thing. Mm-hmm.
1: I was super into the Spawn figures, uh, but the, like not the comics, the, not the movie, Todd nothing McFarlane, else. Todd uh, McFarlane, yeah. Those were like the first, like, uh, I don't know, very, very, I feel like it was like the first very detailed action figures. Mm. Like things were very cartoony before that and it just made these like really cool, lots of like tiny details and angles and things. We knew a guy who used to work for that
2: company. They were based in Phoenix. Mm. Um, We got to see their weird collections of mostly they sold like these sports figurines
0: yeah like that was i remember he was. did a lot of was like, selling
2: like baseball shit guys. that we didn't care about at all to people that we weren't friends with yeah and that's like
1: you were like fuck baseball give me that weird clown yeah <laughs> give, give me
2: give me i don't know alice in wonderland except they're all wrapped up in bondage gear and have bloody wounds on their boobs yeah like that's seems to be his deal
1: i liked the uh, vi i think his name was violator that was like the weird demon with the big oh mouth. yeah there was like Spawn and Violator and Clown. <laughs> <laughs> His name was just Clown. Yeah.
2: Um, well, should we talk about the video games that we've been playing sure. these last two weeks? I guess we could. Kevin, do you want to go first? Sure.
3: Uh, so I was saying with some friends, and one of them had a an Oculus Solo, uh, which I guess is a product that I had never heard of. Uh, yeah, but it's just it like a standalone. It's, an, it's just a standalone VR headset. Like there's no, you're not tethered to a computer.
1: Oh. Uh, Oculus uh, Go. Uh, right. It's, is, uh, Solo must be the Australian varietal.
3: Must must be, yeah. The cultivar. Um, so uh, I played like a couple of games on that. I played a game called Rush, which is like a, like a wingsuit racing game where you're sort of at the top of a cliff and then you jump off and you are just sort of soaring down amongst like uh, – the, the very close to the, the ground, uh, but like down these sort of beautiful mountain canyon type situations, um,
2: realistic awesome. or very realistic, alien yeah. world.
3: It's all okay. earth. It's all earth landscapes.
5: And how now. does that like? How, how did that work in terms of th- th- what you're seeing not matching like the g forces you're feeling?
3: It felt fine because you are steering with your head, and for whatever reason that mm-hmm. that sort of is enough to like make it feel like you're actually moving it. Cause it's like, I think it's, yeah. it works because it's, it's like a rails shooter. You're, you are still in control of where you're going, but you're at a constant speed. There isn't the like weird yeah. jarring uh movement stuff. Like it, 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 I was not nauseated by it at all. Um Cool. So it was, it was great. Uh It's, it's a lot of fun. The, the, the races are, it's like, I think they have like four different, built environments and they're a bunch of different courses down the mountains and they all seem like interesting. So like, I would recommend that. one. Were
1: you aware that that developer is Australian, by the way?
3: I, I was not. I, mm-hmm. I didn't, yeah. I didn't have a chance to like actually like dive the, all the, the family I was staying with, they like, they speak French at home. And so all of the like menus and stuff were in French. Uh, so like everything was, was a little incomprehensible to me, uh, but that was fine. Gotcha. Um, and then I played some End Space, which is like a space dogfighting game. That that was fine. It did not feel great. Um, like I, I probably just didn't have a, a much of a chance to like really get a, accustomed to the controls or whatever. But it's it also is a, a thing where you're in a cockpit and you're flying around and shooting stuff. But like there was nothing. Uh, no, you don't. Really you don't
2: get to play as Space it. Michael Vick.
4: <laughs> no.
3: Uh, and
5: is then this I also this- a steering with your head type deal?
3: Uh yeah, well you're looking around. Uh, yeah, you must be steering with your head because you're just you're just sort of thrust forward, and wherever you're looking. Do you have
5: a concerned. controller while you're using this thing?
3: Yeah, because you're you're sort of cho- choosing when to shoot and that kind of thing.
5: Yeah, I mean, with rush is it you is also it one of those
3: weird like boost moves that also use the
5: controller? Um, Do, is it like a an X- Xbox controller or is it one of those like not. hand controllers that knows where it is in space?
3: It. it is a hand controller. I don't know if it knows where it is in space. It does know it's like what position. It's pointing in. You so like you you interface a, interface with the menus by moving the hand controller around like a pointer, like as if you were pointing it's a, at yeah, like it's a, a screen a in front yeah. of
1: you. Okay, a three yeah. dof, not a six dof. Gotcha. Yeah. It's basically a gear VR, standalone gear VR with a six dof, a three dof controller. Okay. Yeah. What the I used to work at Oculus, which when is you why I'm say, keen to jump in. When you <laughs> say
2: three dof what are those De, words? Like depth of field. You, oh, okay.
4: Or do, oh, sorry God, I Degree know. of Freedom, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Degree of Freedom, yeah. So I,
5: I really thought you were just you were you were making a joke there no, no, no. about <laughs> Zach's <laughs> ignorance. Wish uh, I had.
3: And then I played How, a game Well you called, did. You just Daedalus, uh which was a three D puzzle platformer game, which wasn't very hard, but it it made me kind of nauseated it was it was it was pretty gross Hmm. uh and i don't know why um what was the name of that daedalus uh it's it's sort of a weird it's it's pretty but it's strange like you're just you're you like can jump these sort of limited distances so you're sort of jumping onto platforms but you the what i don't know enough about the dynamics of movement and vr to to know exactly what was different about this but like especially at the very end of each level when you sort of were moving into like this enclosed space like the goal is this sort of weird room that you sort of hop into and that almost every time just made i had to close my eyes because i was i would just get i would just feel sick that at Mm. that, that moment in particular um And then, other than that, I've just been playing uh, Axiom Verge on the Switch. I picked I picked that back up. Oh, right on. Um, And I super love it. It's uh, it's it feels very much like a a, just the like Metroid spiritual successor that I've wanted for
0: ever. Metroid Plus. um, I enjoyed that game, but it made me sleepy. I don't know if it was just the music or what.
3: Uh, I did not beat it before. I, I like quit like halfway through. Uh, I realized on the on the p c and so I like stuck with this over the past two weeks enough to like actually actually get to the end um and I think i had right. i was trying to be pretty thorough about exploring stuff and I think I'd found eighty percent of the items um it it has There's, just a tremendous number of secrets and hidden stuff like it is extremely rich for for like people who like to search games for like nooks and crannies of of stuff there's like 20 different weapons none and none of which is like required to progress so it's all just for flavor and stuff um
1: yeah i think it i think it goes pretty. up to like 104 percent or something i want to say because a lot of the end game stuff if you want to be thorough is cool to find because you have to use the some of it you have to use like the glitch gun that sort of uh you know morphs the environment and or enemies yeah. yeah yeah it's i, I signed that clever. game that was, was a playstation hmm.
3: oh oh yeah
1: I'm glad you like it. <laughs> you were you were
3: thanked in the credits. It's, mm. So
2: it's
1: real good. Oh uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's a great game. Yeah. So that's that's, it that's is a all more a game. more amazing game to have been made by one person, I think. Yeah. Including like all the music and stuff. It feels like so I don't know. I feel it feels like one person in that it feels very holistic, but like I think it's all so good top to bottom. Mm.
2: Yeah. Totally. Whenever you see somebody that's that talented, you're like, well, slow down, Richard Garriott. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Stop I feel like a space. project like that is so big that if you make like eighty percent of it by yourself, you kinda want to finish it by yourself just to say that you did it. Yeah. Sure. As opposed to like, well, it would probably make a lot more sense if you're trying to ship something to like, okay, no, just let let somebody else do some music for a while, you know?
2: <laughs> That's Tom Tom Francis has this metric that he talks about for deciding whether to do something himself or not. He thinks about whether he would enjoy doing it, whether it would be good if he did it, or whether it would get done quickly if he did it. And if any two of those things are true, he will do it himself. And if only one of them is true, he will hire someone to do it. Makes sense. It's weird though, because I would also amend that to, I would have it being good as a requirement, I think, and I think huh. secretly so does he, because <laughs> I don't think he's decided. Oh, I'm just going to do a shitty job of this because it's fun and I can do it fast. Like that, that was going to be my question. Like, like, I
3: guess was a like, choice that he would like make. That's, yeah. a, a, that's a that's a combo that would result in something that nobody would like.
4: <laughs> the, well, I guess, or maybe it's every, just like game maybe I'm
0: misquoting
2: his his system. Yeah. Um. What about you, Jim?
5: What have you been playing? So, um, I played a a, um, a Spectrum game called Deus Ex Machina, which uh, was a it was released in 1984, and it came with a, um, it's kind of like a a rock opera in video game form where it actually comes with, there's the tape that you load the game onto the spectrum from, and then there's also another cassette tape that you play in your stereo while you're playing the game and they sync up. Wow.
2: Whoa. So is it like an on-rails game experience? Yeah, yeah. It
5: it advances at fixed points. Huh. Um, And the audio is very like... It feels like it was either inspired by or done in the same studio as, like, the Hitchhiker's Guide radio play. Oh,
0: okay. Because
5: it uses a lot of the same sort of, like, tones and voice effects. Right.
0: Did you
2: know that the song that is the main song that you think of as being played in the, like, opening and outro of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy?
5: Like the the BBC series? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Is that's the fucking Eagles? Yep.
5: Really? Yeah. Yeah.
2: That does not sound like the Eagles at all. I did not it's know that. Like, it's a like, remix, So they were just like yeah, a weird, yeah. yeah. It's like early Eagles where they were like, "Hey, let's do weird synthy instrumentals about wizards yep. instead of like." <laughs> yeah, basically it's actually
0: called like band. "Ride of the Sorcerer" yeah, jur- or something.
2: "Journey like that. of the Sorcerer." Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's that's really super neat. Weird. But so it's like sort of seventies inspired, like synth rock.
5: Yeah. Stuff, or... it's, well, it's, if there's no, I don't know. I think there's an electric guitar in there, but it's all like almost all synths and drum machines. And this was like 1984 before synths and drum machines were cool. So it was just because they did it because it was cheap. Hmm. Um, and like the lyrics are very like beat poetry kind of stuff about the life cycle of an organism. <laughs> and the gameplay itself, like, the gameplay itself is pretty inscrutable. Like I'm pretty sure. So, so like a third of the game, I was just moving a cursor around on a fixed animation and not figuring out how I was interacting with that animation at all, but I was being scored. Oh, um, <laughs> and then, um, for another third of it or so, I was moving around like, a like uh i was moving like a rectangle around uh like a imagine if if a tempest were on a rectangle instead of a, a vector circle t- t- tube um and you're you're like blocking um things from trying to get to the center of the circle and that's themed in different ways um so like it is just as inscrutable as every other spectrum game of the era uh, except that you can't lose and get kicked back to the title screen, which inevitably happens in all those other games after a few seconds. Right,
2: because it has a fixed, like, what is the length of the experience fixed
5: at? It's about 40 minutes.
2: Wow, that seems really long for a game like that. Well,
5: it's uh, it's, it's about the length of the uh, cassette tape. Yeah. Yeah. But um, cassette tapes
2: could be arbitrarily short. That's like, true. That's one thing that you can do yeah. with a cassette is just oh, put it, less cassette in no there. Idea.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I to, so I actually play this on Steam. Like it's it's a, you can buy it on Steam for like six bucks.
2: Oh, and it has the audio it, built in.
5: Yeah, and there's actually a sequel that got kickstarted recently, which I have not looked at or played. Hmm. Uh, but it was a successful Kickstarter. And I think you can just get the sequel on Steam as well.
1: Hmm. Is it? Does it look mo- like? Is it a modern game or the, the same new, concept? Or does it look I like? I have not as well? have
5: not looked at it. Huh. Yeah. The uh, the Steam version of the game is is still basically looks like a Spectrum game, but it's definitely modernized in that like the uh, a lot of the scenes don't no longer have like uh, color bleed between um, between the eight by eight pixel chunks that the the Spectrum usually has. So yeah, like I and this is kind of emblematic of my experience with every Spectrum game that I've poked at is that like yeah this is interesting but I can't actually recommend it as an experience to anybody nowadays Hmm. Um, which is a kind of a bummer Um,
2: do you know what the basic environment is like on the ZX Spectrum like could you it, it seemed to me as a kid Like some of the variants of the books of basic programs had like actual action games with sprite graphics that you could make with, you know, still like a couple hundred lines of basic code. And I don't remember if the ZX Spectrum was one of the ones that was like that or not. It seemed like maybe some of the Atari computers were way more cut out to make games in basic.
5: What what makes the difference there is basically whether there's um, a GPU or not. Uh, so, like the Atari 800 has a uh, has like sprites, hardware sprites that you can program from BASIC. Hmm. Um, the Commodore 64 has hardware sprites that you have to like poke to get to from BASIC, which is dumb. Um, so like by contrast, the Spectrum has no GPU at all. Basically, it's just like here's a bit field and another bit field, which is that specifies the the colors on the screen. And like there's not even a character mode. There's not like when, when you print text on the uh, on on the spectrum, like that's calling a, a BIOS a function, not BIOS, but like a ROM function to to blit the characters into the into the bit field. Huh. Um,
2: are they Is the bit field divided up in a way that makes sense as a mono? space no font huh
5: well except so in it, that
2: do the letters cross except, the except no no the, the... the
5: letters are at eight pixel or eight pixels wide so it does make sense in that regard but like and they're all like each row is contiguous but like um like you know how on the apple 2 the the uh text mode is arranged in like strips where i think it's like it's divided so that like um all the the rows that are mod three equals zero are, are in, a, in in one place, and mod three equals one are in or in come after that, and mod three equals two come after that. Um, the spectrum, uh, bit bitmap layout is like that in that it, it's like it's it, 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 there's some, there's some reason to it, but the reason is not here are all the pixels in a row. Hmm. So it's a, it's a very strange, uh, it's very strange choices in terms of like, and, and maybe this like makes perfect sense to like the, the hardware designers. But like from a, from a programming standpoint, it feels very strange.
2: I remember like GW Basic and I think even Quick Basic, if you wanted to do stuff with sprites, the, the best you could hope for, like it didn't have any blitting or, or collision detection or anything. It had, you could draw a thing yeah. and then get a rectangular portion of the screen. It had like a data structure for oh, a yeah. sprite and then you could put that at any other coordinates somewhere else but not in a like you couldn't get away with doing it every frame right like because nothing would perform
5: yeah 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 that's i remember q basic being like that well and like as you got a faster pc you could well yeah it's and that's the the dumb part one thing that i um discovered only much later after i stopped after i was no longer using q basic was that you could um you could set up a um uh, I think it was an exclusive or mask to actually do like masked blitting. Hmm. So you could actually have, um, you could draw objects on top of a background and have them not have like a horrible black border around them. There's a cool trick. If any kids out there are still making games in Q basic,
2: man, you know what I'm going to do next week? Cause <laughs> I'm going to make another fucking game in Q basic because it's time for seven day roguelike. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, what else you play?
5: Uh I was looking at this a second ago and then I forgot. Uh so should I talk about Tetris Effect now or should I wait?
2: Uh let's wait and we can all talk about both of those things. Okay. Because I think we've both we've all played all of them. Okay. <laughs> Except maybe Kevin has not played Tetris Effect. I have not.
5: Uh no, and uh and I've been getting back into um Breath of the Wild. Hmm. Hmm. Just like oh, nice. it's been long enough that I was wondering, like, can I uh Will I be able to appreciate this game again? Did you um, do the
3: DLC or did you just play play the base
2: game some more?
5: Uh, just the base game. I'm not super interested in either of the DLCs that they released. You started over? Yeah. Um, and like it's I still remember a lot of it, but like it's been long enough that I'm like I'm ready to experience like the same kind of like the hassle of building up your your stamina wheel again, I'm I'm ready to put up with that. And I yeah I'm 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 digging it. I've been uh, still still a good video game.
2: Someday I'm gonna have to give it a real shot again because it's I'm... so good, Zach. You got you gotta. You've gotta mm-hmm. play I know I know I understand that on a basic level, but I just both of the times that I've tried to play it, I've just eventually gotten so frustrated with like the. It's lack of support for my playstyle, uh, and how I just feel like most of the time that I spent playing it, I achieved nothing.
4: Hmm. Like, I, think I, it's a,
1: just, I mean, I, I also think it's really good, but I think it's a pretty, pretty easy game to bounce off of as well. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons I think someone could like tune out.
2: I would put in a cheat code to just quadruple my health and stamina right out of the gate, though.
5: Yeah, like the long. whole... Like, it's just not... The whole series actually has this problem, but especially the first and most, like, the original game and and Breath of the Wild, like, it actually starts out pretty difficult in terms of, like, Three Hearts isn't much.
2: Yeah, because it's yeah. not like a screen full of Octoroks is that much less dangerous than a screen full of Dark Knots. Right. It is less dangerous, but with the lights out it's less dangerous so when you're down in the dungeons
5: um, we, we all smell the same in the dark
2: yeah
4: um,
2: but yeah you know it's
5: yeah like that's games, i always games, forget
2: when i f- play the first few minutes of the legend of zelda yeah, it's like, those, oh, those yeah, games fuck, get, you really have to be careful
5: get way easier towards the end which is silly just yeah, because you've level up you level up so much it's
2: the rpg elements they don't if you're only playing with a wooden sword, or even not with a wooden sword. If you just kill everything with a shield,
5: or, or the you, you just I mean, do a dive immediately into level six for the wand. Yeah.
2: What are you playing, Zach? I in the in the amount of time since the last show, most of my discretionary gaming time was spent hundred uh, percenting Far Cry New Dawn. Uh, wow, which really. new is 10. that?
5: Is that recent?
2: Yeah, it just came out. It came out a couple weeks ago. It is basically the Far Cry Primal to Far Cry Five. Oh, wait, Five is Five is the Cult One. I th- okay. So yeah. New Dawn is on the same map as the Cult One. Like Primal was on the same map as Far Cry Four, and it's just like okay. post, it's like post apocalyptic, hmm. and it's. Huh. I like it for the same reason that I like far cry primal which is that it's all of the mechanics of far cry and the really well developed map but almost no story missions
1: but but the locations and stuff do tie to places and stories in from far cry 5 right
2: uh yeah it it takes place in the same like you are
1: rebuilding a settlement um because i guess it all exploded at the end i just watched a video apparently
2: earlier. yeah apparently the far cry 5 ends with maybe like the government nuking the cult
4: mm-hmm. uh
2: oh, wow and so i think s- some of the some of the map is cut off like some of the map is just missing because it's like out oh, radiation zone turn around i ran into a weird issue where i the The logic that cars use to like auto drive to a waypoint apparently doesn't care which parts of the map are off limits due to radiation. Hmm. And so I was in a car that the pathfinding glitched out and it took me basically way off the map. And then the way the checkpointing worked made me think that I was stuck forever because I could not make it once i once i died and was no longer in a car i couldn't make it back out of the radiated zone to a safe spot oh, before shit. i got killed and then the checkpoint put me back deep in the radiated zone i was like pretty close to the end of the game too and there's no like there's no saves really in that game right Whoa. there's a single save cuz it's yeah and i was like man that i'm going to be really bummed out if this is correct cuz i also the don't end, feel like that's the really the line. kind of game that's gonna have a uh, yeah i'm just in a weird the endless loop except i'm just like die, <laughs> dying of radiation every few seconds uh but it eventually like i it i did something that triggered a closer checkpoint to the border and was able after you know just a bunch of weird corpse runs to get out of it but um so it's like really just focused on there are the main storyline is just rebuilding the settlement. And you've got a bunch of different elements of it that you level up one chunk at a time, and it's like leveling up this one makes lets you craft better weapons, and leveling up the garage lets you craft better vehicles, and leveling up the garden makes your medikits better. Work better. Is this the game that Tom has
3: posted that screenshot of making a car out of like eighty springs? Yeah,
2: a car is just seventy-eight springs. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's you. you, There's like I don't know. There's like a dozen resources that you're collecting out in the world, and some of them are you mostly used to make guns, and (laughs) some of them are used to make ammo, and some of them are used to make uh, make vehicles. And yeah, with vehicles, it's like gears and springs. I think is (laughs) all. And then there's there's some, like, tougher-to-get resources that you only get if you trade in, like, the legendary animal skins from killing the, like, super-tough animals. Uh, there are also these things called expeditions, which just, like, yeah, we're just going to go to Hoover Dam and – it's never actually been Hoover Dam. One of them is, like – yeah, we learn that these uh we learned that these assholes have got a bunch of goods in there. they're in Alcatraz. So we're just going to go to Alcatraz and it just like sort of teleports you to this place that's off the map and you have like a mission to go in and collect this package which then you have like a minute before the package has a GPS thing that turns on inside it so then you can't be stealthy anymore like all of the enemies just know where you are. So it's like about infiltrating and then fighting your way out of these just crazy environments that are just built in the engine, and I don't know how many of those there are. You have to do them to get some of the rarer resources to make some of the like extra cool cars and stuff. Um, it seems like such a good it introduces use an... of,
3: of developer resources, right? Like yeah, you, you just reuse the map, which took you a you know two years to build, and then you add these like isolated yep. things so that your environment artists are still producing new stuff. And then all you have to do is like, or with new content or whatever,
2: or that people made in the. Because Far Cry 5 came with a thing where you could build, like, they basically give you access to their level editors, and you can make oh, arenas whoa. to, like, challenge your friends with. So some of these might have been, like, fan-made things. Like, oh, wow. Um, okay. I'm, I'm
5: huh. like, I don't know what benefit, like, that the Rockstar would have from this, but I was always bummed that the Grand Theft Auto games aren't, like, released as a platform for other developers to oh. yeah. Let's, let... A lot of people could make games set in this city and do something interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, like I've constantly said that I want the Far Cry, like I want Far Cry 3, except all of the enemies are skeletons. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like just, or Skyrim, but all of the dungeons are interesting. (laughs)
4: Uh,
5: (laughs) Skyrim, but all the dungeons are interesting. It's a little bit of a tougher ask than the skeletons thing, probably. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
2: <laughs> when we were discussing the overall philosophy uh, behind KOL over the years, I uh, concluded that, like, when I first started working on it, it was during the Bush administration. So my kind of principal feeling was the theme of this is that you can't trust the government. And then once Obama was elected, I mostly switched to how you couldn't trust skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So the only new the only new like major mechanic that's introduced in this in in Far Cry New Dawn is you can sort of relinquish outposts after you've captured them. And in fact, you have to by far the easiest way to get the resource that you use to upgrade your base is by capturing outposts and you don't get very much for capturing them the first time. So you relinquish them and it's like we basically strip it. Of parts, and then we let the bad guys move back in, but they move in in more force, and they, there's more alarms, and there's more and harder uh-huh. enemies. And so you can so it keep like them up, yeah. It levels up the outposts. And, and what's nice about it is that, like, if you're like me and a baby, there's tons of easy outposts to capture in the beginning. Um, and then you level up. And I mean, I played the whole game on easy, and even then it was kind of hard. Guns. Maybe, I'm also finding, I I played a little bit of the Titanfall 2 campaign the other day, and I'm finding the same thing in that, even on easy, I just don't know how fucking guns work in video games, because, like, I, just none of them do any damage. Like, the only guns that are good in Far Cry New Dawn when I'm using them are sniper rifles and the bow. Like, those, and I think it's just because I sort of understand how to use those. Like, a sniper rifle does a lot of damage, irrespective of distance, and that's because it's real slow to reload.
5: I remember Far Cry Primal had, like, a hawk.
2: Yeah, you had, like, an owl, I think. Yeah,
5: can you attack things with the owl? Uh, In Far Cry Primal, you could. Yeah, Uh, you don't have an You don't have an owl owl in this this new game? Well, fuck
2: that. Yeah, no.
5: It's not there's no like uh, like there's no like post apocalypse owl
2: no there's a little bit of magic you do eventually eat a magic fruit and then it gives you a double jump
5: <laughs> <laughs> okay all right i did i'm back on board
1: i did read about that double or I saw, in the video review i saw the double jump it looked pretty fun yeah it is wow. uh, like... i uh, my, i've only the only far cry i've spent real far real time with was far cry 4 which I played through uh, with the friend, sort of tra- like trading controllers and he was staying with me for a month, um, and finished the whole thing. And it was it was a great way to play, it, and I really enjoyed it. And that one had those things where you would I forget if you like take a drug or something, but you'd sort of like trip, and you'd go to this crazy, really beautiful realm, and you'd have like a, a white tiger friend, and he, he'd like attack things for you. And that whole all those little excursions were super fun.
5: Is that great. where they they play the Skrillex on the soundtrack?
1: No, that was Far Cry Three. Okay, and that's where you're
2: burning like a huge marijuana plantation. Okay. Ah. That's when, that's when they play the Skrillex. Right. Sequence. Um, yeah, so I think the reason that I like this and the reason that I liked Far Cry Primal is because it's like Far Cry mechanically, but without, especially Far Cry 5 had this extremely aggravating thing where at set points, when you had like done enough damage to the environment, um, the bad guys would come after you and they would say, you'd hear, you'd hear radio chatter of the bad guys, like hit him with the bliss bullets. (laughs) And then, I learned this from listening to Tom talk about this, even if you manage to avoid them forever, just the first time you take damage, that counts as them having drugged you, so Tom said even he just like wandered too close to a campfire, <laughs> and then suddenly is like, well, now you've passed out because they've gotten you in this drug, and then it puts you in a fucking interminable story mission that's like maybe not the way that you like playing the game, and Primal did away with a lot of that and new Dawn also does away with a lot of that. there are Mm -hmm. short story missions associated with like getting different people like specialists to come back to your camp um and there are a bunch of one of the things that I really really liked about Far Cry 5 was there are these like prepper stashes that were all in sort of like trapped or puzzly environments very contrived in almost every case but like They were just, like, either a cool, like, space navigation problem or, like, a little little figure out how this weird contraption that this guy built to protect his bunker works and get into it. And those remain. um, And they're just full of, like, skill-up books and and just lots of resources that you use to build stuff. Yeah. I had a ton of fun with it.
3: I played a game. Those were, like, prepper stashes that then there was an actual apocalypse that they...
2: Yeah, all the preppers have died though. I don't you don't really find any of the okay. like you never got to one of those and had, there were people in it. So, yeah.
5: they were all wrong.
2: Or all the preppers joined the cult. Oh. Like okay. the kind of person that was going to be that was going to have a prepper bunker is the kind of person that would not have like put up any resistance against the religious fundamentalist cult that emerged.
5: I like the idea that like every prepper stash you find was clearly like this prepper thought there was gonna be a different end of the world mm. and they all turned out to be wrong, which is why they're all dead.
2: Or this this prepper was absolutely certain that the optimal human diet that we've evolved for is just a hundred percent mayonnaise. <laughs> so it's just a bunker completely full of mayonnaise.
5: You know how you know how like people use chocolate and vanilla as like a metaphor for like black people and white people? Uh-huh. Vanilla beans are black and vanilla, like vanilla extract is black. So yeah. I, I just like, I just wanted to, I feel like chocolate and mayonnaise is a much better <laughs> visual metaphor.
3: Jesus. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah, white people are definitely mayonnaise. Because at no point,
2: at no point does, is mayonnaise ever black, right? Right. Like, but, it's just, but chocolate it's can egg whites.
4: Oh man! That's not
2: really chocolate. Chocolate
5: and white chocolate.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's a better. (laughs) Ebony, ebony, and ivory, man. Well, yeah, you're um, right. That's that's also. uh, (laughs) 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 Yeah, chocolate and ivory, (laughs) ebony and mayonnaise. (laughs) Uh, I also played uh, this little game uh, that I think you might be interested in, Kevin, called Devil's Calculator.
4: Mm, Okay. Um,
2: It is, it is an iOS game. It's a couple bucks and it's just a, it's a real basic arithmetic calculator and every, it only has one operation button and that operation button does a different thing every level. And your goal for each level is to figure out how to get six, six, six as the result based on whatever this button does. And so you're trying to figure out what the button does. Um, it's it reminded me a little bit of like it's a less weird version of a normal, a normal human calculator or whatever that thing. What's a normal lost phone? I think is the thing that I'm confusing with ordinary
0: mm-hmm.
2: business office?
3: calculator. What? I think it's ordinary office calculator.
2: Ordinary office calculator. Um, I think. Man, I played uh, some of that devotion game that I that happened to buy before the huge controversy thing came out. You well, must you know. Could still buy it. You know. Oh, did they take it off
1: the yeah, American oh, yeah. Steam Store? Uh, I believe they pulled it down. Yeah, I thought it was. They were like patching it, and it was supposed to go back up. Oh, I thought it they was... pulled it from Steam in China. Oh, I thought so. But, but like nobody in
2: China wrong. uses the Chinese Steam storefront anyway, right? Like everybody just uses the American. I don't from think the Chinese
5: Steam storefront. No, is it's, a thing. A... Oh. it's not. Well, a, it doesn't exist yet. What? Oh, huh. What happened?
2: So it was this game that was made by a Taiwanese developer, and there was some texture for like a poster that just had something insulting about the what do you call the guy who's in charge of china the president prime minister no <laughs> premier the emperor uh-huh. um, the leader
0: yeah the, so there was just it was like an easter
2: egg was it i thought it was just like a uh, a texture that was on a poster in a room somewhere. It was something to do with Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. uh, Yeah, it's
5: all very confusing. President Winnie
1: the Pooh is a a moron. But but also the game was huge and, like, the biggest game out of Taiwan and was selling, like, a crazy amount of units every day. Yeah. So it wasn't also just some niche thing. It was, like, this huge thing that had this insult, I guess, in it. Yeah. And then all the Chinese uh, players, like, review-bombed the game. Right.
2: Mm. Which that seems... That seems weird, like our, like, okay, whereas the American culture of gamers who would review-bomb something are chiefly concerned with not letting women exist, is the Chinese contingent, like, real patriotic?
1: I don't know, <laughs> I, mean, I think it... if we had a president that someone could respect, and then people uh, insulted them from another country in mass, that we'd be pretty defensive of that.
3: There's also a lot of historical tension between well, Taiwan and China. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It yeah. also no,
5: exactly. might just be astroturfing. But do like, it yeah. might be like, like the government is paying thousands of people to sign up for Steam and and review review bomb this game. Um.
2: Anyway, it's like a how's the game? <laughs> it's a
5: horror
1: walking simulator. Um. It's pretty creepy. Uh is it? Is there any reason why it's why it was huge? Like. Does it do it especially well?
4: No,
2: it's not like it's not super remarkable. Hmm. It feels it feels more alien than it would feel if it were written in my native language, I think, because it's like also in, in just a good things, way. Yeah. Like it. it's just it's in the same way that like Nikao Atsume was interesting when before it was localized right Right. like this is translated like you get subtitles for all of the there's a lot of like uh, there's sort of like a star search kind of tv show that's playing during a lot of the a lot of the scenes where you're mostly walking around copies of this apartment that your family lived in at different time periods and so there's a bunch of just like sort of live like what the fuck is the what do you call that when there's real video in a FMV FMV? Yeah, there's a bunch of FMV of like a star search style show uh, that's just subtitled um, mm. and everything else is, you know, it's
1: this is reminding me, too, that I uh, I was playing the dreams beta and I played the level where someone had remade PT, basically, oh. uh, and it was Amazing because it looked exactly like it, like indistinguishable, and they also like recorded. I think the real the sounds from it into it. So, which that part probably I'm sure would not fly in the final game. I've but, definitely
5: um, heard people talking about dreams as like a, a kind of a miraculously powerful, editor, on a console. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm curious like how that how that functionality turns out.
2: Yeah, I am very resistant to the hype about that just because of how like just soul crushingly let down i was by little big planet <laughs> <Really? laughs> after really believing that like it was going to be in this what, amazing what way were you crushed i that it just sucked ass to actually move a fucking guy around in that game which like and i it did like i got a ps3 for that game mm-hmm. and I played it for like 10 minutes and I was like, wow, this fucking sucks.
5: Yeah. And that was that huge, was, that huge the game did not feel good to play. Funny. And that's how 99% of people interacted with it was by playing it as a platformer.
2: Yeah. And I'm sure there was some cool stuff, but I didn't see it because it just put such a bad taste in my mouth. I don't,
1: despite me giving <laughs> that game an A plus when I reviewed it back in the day, uh, I don't disagree with you that it doesn't feel great. Uh, however, I think a lot of the most interesting content people made for it. Like subverting it as a platformer, yeah, uh, did feel fine because it wasn't a platformer, and sure. especially like a, a twitchy platformer. And I think that's actually what was working for me in Dreams too. Is so many of the levels I hopped into and played were like completely different genres. And even when I was playing like PT or like a fir- they had some like a first person shooter one that was pretty well done. Like it felt like eighty percent like it was built as a first-person shooter. Uh, like, already, even is this it rudimentary it thing not, made it... Like, oh, I thought the, it was first-person. Like, what,
2: yeah, what's the default modality? What does it want to be?
1: Uh, I, I I, guess you're a little... Well, I don't even know what the default modality would be considered. Like, in the tutorial, you're moving a character... Uh, well, are you moving a character around the screen? Yeah, you move a character around the screen and you're sort of possessing different things. And then in the tutorial, you're running around as this little character that feels more like a 3D little big planet. Um... But then you are building things as just sort of dispossessed objects and tools. But the stuff I played, it was all totally different. There was no central thing of like you are.
5: So building things is part of the main game loop now, like as a player.
1: Uh, It's hard to, I mean, maybe, I guess I couldn't tell you from the beta because the beta has like a little intro to just like moving around the world. And then it has a sort of tutorial where it shows you how to shape a few objects And then it just says, okay, you can go in the create mode, which I didn't do, or you can go in the browse mode and play other people's levels, which I did do. Okay. And I know the thing that they're releasing, I think, in the next couple months is the sort of paid early access thing, which is also a pretty interesting precedent for, like, a console game. Yeah, um, yeah. Where you can – it's, like, just the creator. So you can just – Play the creator for some amount of time before the game comes out. Wow, that's actually a really good idea
2: because then that means there's plenty of already curated
1: user-made stuff. Like like the
2: spore
5: character creator launch.
1: Yeah, Yeah. at that point they don't even need to make a game. They can just. Yeah, but I I was—I mean, I was pretty blown away by everything I tried. Mm. Um, I can totally understand being skeptical, and I think especially they've sort of dropped the ball on like positioning it and marketing it, and it's hard to tell sort of what it is and how it works. But just even as a sampling of like hopping into different things, knowing how quickly they were made, I was like amazed by the potential of it. So in the same way I was by Little Big Planet early on, even during that beta. So I'll be curious to see once people have some serious time with it. Like it does genuinely seem like the first tool on a console for sure where you can like build any you can build any other game, basically. I mean that's gonna be a lot of the initial content is like we remade this game, but it's pretty amazing that's cool i would
2: i would buy it twice if it meant i had a version of the editor that i could use a fucking keyboard and mouse
1: <laughs> <laughs> the the one i actually really want which they announced for it earlier on but i think the intent is not to be there at launch is a vr like version of it mm. or being able to play it in vr because i think being in vr with like full 3d sculpting tools that yeah. is probably like the ideal way wow. to make things yeah because like you're basically like you know minority reporting to some extent i mean with with things but like you're you know, I'm just a killer here. Uh, yeah. You can't. Yeah, and it. then
2: and then when it when you save it, it's on a little wooden sphere.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> I
5: like so so. There's they announced uh, Mario Maker two. Yeah, for the Switch, which is interesting because uh, Mario Maker relied heavily on the touchscreen and the Wii U, and presumably you they ha- they're going to have to support docked level editing. Um, oh, that's, I guess. And I kind of just wish that you'd, you could just plug a mouse into the switch yeah cuz i feel like that would just be perfect
3: it has usb
1: so, yeah i mean yeah exactly i guess if the although i don't know
5: if you can get to the usb port while it's docked i
1: mean all the rumors the are the that like a, the new switch a, model
2: yeah the dock the dock has a pass through
1: oh cool yeah cuz you
2: can charge a controller
1: right yeah i was going to say the the rumor is that the new switch model this year is going to be like a portable only switch so oh, interesting. Not, not a switch, I guess. And, That's a really uh, to, like, weird make it cheaper. So, well, it's like a, the 2DS. You know,
4: yeah, maybe I guess that so.
1: means that. Yeah, Nintendo has sort of a weird history of this, I think. But uh, maybe that means that you actually can't create levels undocked. Maybe right. it's like a undocked thing.
5: Yeah, I mean, I almost exclusively use the Switch un- undocked anyway. So, like, it wouldn't yeah, even be a. I'm weirdly the opposite. I'm like not a console guy at all, but I.
2: That I very much don't like playing the switch undocked. But you also
1: don't like like fly a lot, right? Like I think that's probably where you would do it. Well, I'll I'll, I'll like use the switch undocked
5: on the couch in front of the TV like yeah. with the TV off.
2: <laughs> I just the Joy-Cons are fucking terrible controllers. Yeah. Mm. Like I mean, I think that's That's a good
1: te- that's a good segue into Tetris 99 for me. Yeah, <laughs> oh,
5: sure. Are we are we at that point? Uh,
2: we didn't. Uh, who, who didn't we do? We didn't do Me. what Riff's played and we didn't do what Nick's played. Not oh, too late. What have you been playing, Riff?
0: Uh, well, since I was playing VR games anyway, I played um, I played through FromSoft's game uh, Deracene, which is sort of... What's that?
2: What's that all about?
0: It's sort of like a ghost story where you're the ghost, except uh, instead of being a ghost, you're a fairy. Uh, it, it takes place in like this, uh, I guess Victorian era, um, either an orphanage or or boarding school. It's it's not clear at the beginning, and I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but uh, there's like these uh, these six little kids who have uh, that that you, as this fairy, have befriended, and it 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 starts out like just sort of. Uh, just sort of very slow just sort of kind of wandering around interacting with these kids and because it's like it's not like a it's not like a harsh Oliver Twist thing these kids aren't particularly sad or anything and the the headmaster isn't evil or anything like that but you're just kind of hanging out in this orphanage uh doing little little tasks to convince the kids that you exist and then later then after that doing things like Oh, the kids want to throw a music recital to welcome you, so help this one kid find what she did with the 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 little stick that you hit with that hit a triangle with to make music and or 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 find find the gears that that have fallen out of the music box that they need to to do this performance for you uh but but after that, after that sort of lead in uh shit takes like a more. Horror story kind of turn and and things start getting real weird and it becomes real interesting when you hit that point, uh, but it's a real slow lead in. Um, How long of an experience is it overall? I uh, you know I couldn't tell you. It took me it took me two fairly long ses- sessions to get through it. So I want to say maybe like eight hours ish. Um,
1: oh, that's for a, a VR game that long seems VR very
4: game. long.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a lot longer than I expected it to be.
1: Um, I feel like this is also a, a interesting like moment in in game history for this game to exist because it's a situation where I think uh, coming off like the highs of Bloodborne and such, um, I imagine Sony were like, "You can make whatever you want, yeah. Miyazaki." Yeah, uh, and, the, and it was I'm like, "Okay, cool." They probably cool. paid for it. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and then when i think it came to because this is like a sony i believe it's like a sony published game in in japan at least that here too and uh it, it's weird because I'm, I'm sure they didn't really know what to do with it and they were like oh you chose to make a weird game about haunting school children like that's yeah. maybe not what we expected <laughs> but i guess we got to deal with it yep and it's uh um,
0: you know it's, it's pretty good i often. liked it a lot it's got a lot of uh like it's got some plot twists in it that I don't want to spoil uh, their nature, but it's the sort of plot twist that is ex- extremely a thing that I like. <laughs> so, so that was a fun huh. surprise. Um, and is the the scary? VR is like really effective. Everything looks really good, and uh, and I don't know, just just getting up in these kids' business is interesting. The it, it's it's it does this weird little uh, I don't know weird little thing, but it does this thing where. When you move in to interact with a kid, it, the like the fairy that you're playing has no concept of personal space, so you're like right up in this kid's face, basically. And at first, that was a little bit of a little bit off-putting, but um, as you get accustomed to it, it, and you're doing things like you know looking over this kid's shoulder to see what they're reading, or or sneaking around trying to see what they're hiding in their hand or and stuff, it it I feel like it. It helped, um, like establish more of a personal connection to these kids, so that when shit started going bad, I I felt a lot more strongly about that than I would have in a in in a different game. Um,
1: uh, did you find the game to be scary at all? Because that's no, uh, I it's think, not. I scary. assumed it would be sort of creepy and it's, okay. It's, cool, cause it's, that, that would make um, me not want to play it.
0: No, it's it's uh, it's. Um, it's fairy taleish. It's 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 like no scarier than, than uh, I don't know, a fairy tale. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Red, Red Riding Hood, or
0: yeah, yeah, like about that level of Lady in the Water. Uh, you know, I didn't <laughs> see that, but but yeah, no, I can't play scary games at all. So if if it had been scary, cool, I wouldn't good. have been able to finish it.
1: cool, me neither. So that's good to hear.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the other thing so I played, you've been
1: playing Strawberry Shortcakes Cupcake Adventure,
0: yeah, <laughs> in, the, in VR. Yeah, well, nearly because the other game I played was Moss, which is about the adventures of an extremely cute little mouse. <laughs> um, I, think I it... need to, I need
1: to keep playing more of that
0: game because is, the...
5: is this the Holocaust game?
0: No, no. Yeah. You're thinking, <laughs> <It's>, you're thinking <laughs> of your mouse by our wow. mouse. Wow, jeez, the VR it was game version mouse. of mouse that would be quite a thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah i think i talked about it a little bit when when it came out or when i first got the psvr but it it's the setup is basically that you're you're sort of looking down at this very uh detailed and well-rendered diorama of like um a uh, forest path or or a section of ruined castle or whatever and that this little like life-sized little mouse is running around in and you're controlling the the mouse with uh, the the buttons and joystick on your controller but you also have the the controller position in space is represented by like a blue orb that float that floats around and so you can move that Orb up to objects and use the trigger buttons to push and pull things to like uh, move bridges or raise and lower elevators and stuff like that. So you're sort of controlling two characters at once in what is basically like the most beautiful action figure playset you've ever seen. And just sort of doing little platforming challenges and things like that. Or sort of, games, uh, sort of do they they tend to be a little bit.
5: Yeah, it sounds like it. Do these games tend to be playable without VR?
0: Uh, I haven't tried. I don't know if no, I, that would work with for it, Moss
5: or not. Like both, at least the the one you were just describing sounds so totally, like it would to- be totally playable on a TV. Hmm.
1: I think you would. I think you would lose a lot of it because yeah. a lot of it really is about the immersion of it, and in the world you are sort of like this ghostly figure or something that sort of accompanies the mouse and you can like look down in the water and see your reflection. And a lot of it is just about you being sort of the camera as well. Okay. And uh, where you position your head because you might have to like look around a little bend to see a hidden object for the mouse to go get. Quill. Gotcha, yeah. Uh, And, but it's, some of the scale stuff is awesome because you'll be like in front of like a log that's been broken in half, and in the in the log there'll be a little like playset for your mouse to run around. That's cool, and little fight beetles. And then just above it, in your like normal world scale, you'll see like a swamp, and like a deer will gallop yeah. by and like look up at you, and it's like hmm. a little big compared to you. And then up above you is like the swamp, and the, the the trees, and the sky, and it's like the the scale of it. I think is like incredible. Throughout. Yeah, cool, it's
0: gorgeous. Does yeah. this exist
1: for revive also? uh no yes uh yeah sorry sorry it does yeah yeah it does yeah uh yeah i, I mean i you're actually i'm glad you mentioned it because you reminded me i need to go back to it um but i thought it was like incredible from when i played the first couple hours like i was really blown away at the just that scale of it felt so cool and mm. made me really want more of that game of just like action adventures in these worlds and i yeah. actually prefer the game when it's at its most simple because i it got to the point for me when you're sort of in the castle where you're Solving lots of little block pushing puzzles, which was a bit less interesting, but I love just moving around the environments and climbing things and swatting bugs.
0: Yeah, it's super satisfying. And also, like, there's some there's been some, like, some of the fights and stuff have been interesting because you get to interact with these fights with, like, two characters because you can use uh, the mouse to attack a dude, but you can also use your glowing blue orb to grab and paralyze a dude And, and a lot of, or, or to shift, you know, walls and stuff around to advantage. And a lot of the fights have been like really interesting having to manage both these things at once because of having to, Mm -hmm. you know, get, get the elevator moving so the mouse can get to the platform to get the guy while also dodging fireballs that this other guy is shooting. And yeah, it's been pretty good. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing.
2: What about you, Nick?
1: Um, I went back to Into the Breach recently because we had Justin Ma on my Splunky podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago for that Fucking episode. incredible episode of Thank that you. show, Thank you. by the way. Um, yeah, he was, he was great. And just, I mean, I don't have too much to say about the game, I guess, but it just reminded me how, how good it was. Um, I played like 10 or 15 hours of it before, um, and I'd only ever played as like the starting set of mechs, and I tried a bunch of uh, other ones this time because i was setting out a bunch of un- coins to unlock them and it was interesting uh seeing how different the other sets were and it just seems like a whole other access of depth of the game that i didn't access before uh but um they all i, I found it all to be way harder because i was so used to playing with the default ones who i think are like the most mm-hmm. well balanced whereas the other ones sort of cater to different styles but are like more complicated to use in different ways um so i also found that interesting is that they i did not think any of them were better they were just different um yeah, the cool fact that they came up with, like, to that.
3: eight totally different ways of interacting with that game was really impressive to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing because it seems hard enough to, like, make it feel so well-balanced and work around just one, and then all mm-hmm. the other ones are just, like, a bonus, but they all fit in equally well. Yeah uh and then uh, i was playing prey as well which i know you guys have talked about a bunch here so i also won't talk about too much but um and partially i was playing it because i'd always heard it was good and then i didn't, knew zach was a big fan and that you guys had um been spending a lot of time with it so i finally played it and it was it's nice i think for me just to go back to a game from a couple years ago like i don't do that very often especially like a triple A game which i don't play a lot do do you
5: feel obligated to stay on top of the latest stuff
1: uh less less so obligated but more just as a like a recent thing is more exciting to me i guess like prayer will always be there but um it was nice to make time for it and yeah so far it's it's great uh I, i i really just like how it fits um with like playing it in character where every game like that i'm gonna like crawl around the environment and like open every drawer and collect everything and i like with how they fit the sort of ecosystem of things that you find together and like junk that you find turns into recycling cubes, which lets you build new, like useful objects. Um, and just like everything you, just that whole, uh, experience going around and like so much of that game is just picking stuff up and like fitting it. And they sort of have the resident evil suitcase thing where you have to fit it in your inventory. And it all, I think just works well. and never felt like a chore and made me encourage me to like pick everything up and make the most of it. Um, I think playing it on PS4, like I am, like the shooting is not great. Um, yeah, because the not. enemies all move pretty quickly, especially when they're like in their small mode zipping around, uh, and it, it's not really set up for that. So it doesn't feel great. Neither does the wrench, um, but it also doesn't matter that much because the like I think it's okay for the combat to feel a bit chaotic, and there's not yeah. that I, much
4: of it. I
5: definitely feel like th- there are a variety of weapons there, and. If I had played that game on PC, I probably would have gravitated to a very different set of abilities and weapons mm-hmm. just because the mouse is such a different form of input than the gamepad. Like, I, on, on, in the console version, I relied a lot on the, um, the ability to put the game into slow motion mm-hmm. just because, like, it basically makes aiming. Possible,
2: right? Was that one of the human traits? Like, yeah, combat focus. Or something?
1: Yeah, it I just right. I just unlocked that, but I couldn't figure out how to use it because it doesn't really tell you. Uh, and I uh, finally figured it out, and I haven't used it yet. But that I, seems like it's going to be pretty. That's
5: useful. one of those things that I I remember how to do it because I kept doing it accidentally by putting the controller down. <laughs> right. So it's on one of the triggers.
1: <laughs> one, I guess. One, like question for the room I have is. I think all the I think it's a well written game, but a lot of it is like finding these emails and logs you're going through which i I like all of them, but I think I've decided that any game that relies on you like experiencing the history of a place with more than like two maybe three characters just doesn't work like have you guys ever played a game that has like this ensemble cast whose history you're discovering and actually keeping track of? Who is who and their relationships and all that because I feel like it's impossible and even in like Tacoma, which which sort of embodies it, or everyone's got the rapture, like it still didn't work. So I feel like it's just like, I,
5: like in Prey, I definitely didn't like come away knowing each character. Like there, yeah, there were way too many, and I I
2: didn't find the Dungeons and Dragons stuff interesting enough to like collect <laughs> everything, which I think is where a lot of the Character what is that development stuff? That's, that's, on, that's only four
3: of them. That's only four of the characters.
2: Oh, you find? Uh, yeah, like uh, you know, you get to those terminals, and it's like here's the 200 crew members or whatever. Oh, that's like yeah. Fuck, right, there's yeah. backstory there's, for
5: all of these. Yeah, like is, they they well, all the, a lot of. I think most of them
1: have audio logs. There's and like they, a dozen of them that have, have like emails.
3: Real personalities, though, it's not. That. Yeah, but, you, but even so, that
1: to me is like several times too many. Yeah, it's yeah no, like, I,
2: Tacoma. I, Tacoma. Also, you're right. Like I can kind of remember. Yeah, I don't remember shit about the characters I, in like, Tacoma. Like I remember, I remember having a sense of what two of the women were like, and all like, were, was there more than one man? I don't even remember how many people there were in Tacoma. I think There were like seven or eight, weren't there? I thought there were only, Six. like, five. Okay, well, I guess I guess we're all agreeing with me, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But even yeah. even that is too many. And even, like, yeah. I don't actually remember all the characters from Bioshock, even though there were only, like,
1: four of them that, like... But at least yeah. there you, like, you see them when they're bosses and stuff. Like, you... Yeah. yeah. And, and they have very distinct environments yeah. that they like, exist in, in that are, in like... In
5: Bioshock, like, the first level is all about one guy who you fight at the end of it, basically... Right. And that works. It's like, here's the guy's um, story, and then it's
1: done, and then here's the next character's story. Right.
5: In in Prey, I, like, I remember reading everything, which is really unusual for me in any game, um, and enjoying it, and, like, kind of absorbing it into the zeitgeist, but not really coming away, like, understanding any, like, the characters individually. Yeah. Because it's, it's just yeah. too much. Yeah. And I agree, well, and I still like, like uh... it,
1: and I still also read everything, but uh, it's... I feel like I'm not experiencing it as intended, and I feel like that's been true of every game like that that I've played.
2: One game that it really worked for me in was Tron 2.0, but that is because all but one of the characters are characters that I knew from watching the movie Tron. <laughs> oh, yeah. sure. And yeah. so, like,
1: finding out what happened to them was all like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe I if it was in, like, Kingdom are. Hearts, that I'm like, oh, let me read Goofy's email. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it worked for me I, in I Gone like... Like Home, which had, like, four characters, and that was fine, but uh, the yeah. number yeah. of characters those four in... characters
2: are like Tacoma incredibly distinct. Way too though, many right? for me. Yeah.
3: Say what? What about? Deus yeah, Gungho Gun
1: a good example.
3: Yeah, because Deus Ex, you, you interact Deus with sucks. the characters individually, but also there's a bunch of like emails and other stuff that you can find if you care. Yeah, but, but
5: similarly in, in Deus Ex, I can th- I can remember like two characters from it. Like there's like Boss Man, Deus Ex. There's, there's the helicopter
2: right. pilot guy, Jock. But uh, oh,
5: we're remembering two different characters. Gunter in, Herman
1: and there's right. Anna,
5: Anna Navarra. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fi- I, the Flatlander
1: woman. I guess the other thing about Prey, now that I'm thinking about it too, is like, I think it starts with a strong sense of character and self because you start in like the bedroom of the character, like like a lot of these games. Um, and then there's sort of this cool stuff where your reality is like, you know, turn inside out. Um so you have a good sense of who you are in the beginning, but then I think it moves away from that as it becomes more about like discovering everyone else. So even my sort of yeah. sense of self was lost. Um,
2: it, it's sort of weird, though. Like, Prey also takes... It kind of decides that, all right, we're going to introduce a bunch of characters so that we can have collectibles, basically, but they're dead before you got there, right? Mm-hmm. So there's not any way to meet them. I mean, that's the thing I think about Deus Ex... Is like the fidelity of that game was low enough that they weren't afraid to have you spend but a the, lot of time you actually with do the meet
5: a bunch of people in prey, like weirdly yeah. enough, like yeah. Like and that was a surprise to me. I expected it to be like the System Shock two thing, where like everybody's dead, and then suddenly, like halfway through the game, you run into a zone where there's just a bunch of people alive. Yeah, yeah well, don't, don't
1: tell me too much. Okay, <laughs> okay sorry. So there's okay.
2: there's there's like a handful of people that you interact with multiple times, right? There's like the guy that can wind up in your office and stuff, but like right. like the there are three developed characters that you talk to yeah. ever, right? Yeah. And those are the ones that I remember. Yep, yeah. and and yeah the 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 stuff in emails and the dungeons and dragons stuff. i i recall the dungeons and dragons stuff looming a lot larger and being like everywhere in the entire game but i guess it's really just in the one deck um, i
3: feel well, like it, it's scattered around right like it's that's the like little puzzle hunt that you you get to go you on you do
5: keep running into it yeah, yeah, yeah. um i i feel like d- detail in this genre is kind of there at least for me in service of convincing me that it's a real place and there has to be enough that I can poke and be convinced. But what the detail actually is doesn't matter so much. Um, But like in order to be a convincing place, the detail, somebody, they have to think it through and make sure it makes sense because everybody's going to be looking at a different set of corrobor- of details and corroborating them make to make sure it makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That I fully totally agree with that. I think the only thing for me is like, I, it makes me feel like I'm missing something because I'm not reading it closely enough or paying enough attention to keep track of these interweaving stories. And I'm, i it's never been my experience in the yeah. game. I, I just don't like that feeling. Well,
5: I think that comes from, like, a lifetime of trying to get the most out of games that you spend $60 on yep. when it's like this is your only game for the next six months. Like, I remember when I played Morrowind um, – I tried playing it like while well, I'm talking to somebody, I have to exhaust this dialogue tree because I thought God, like it was an adventure game it,
2: until you realize that it was all just proc gen trash. Right.
5: <laughs> like, <laughs> and I stopped playing it because of that feeling like I'm never going to see everything. So like I can't handle this.
2: Yeah, yeah. But oh. in a way, once you've seen anything, you've seen everything in that. Game. Well, if... <laughs> I guess that's not true from hearing people talk about it. Like people talk about all of these like moments in Morrowind and
5: yeah. Like well, I, the the people that I remember talking about in Morrowind, talking about the moments that are emergent, and I think that's uh, mm. that's a little bit more convincing. I
2: forgot that I also uh, they released finally on well, finally this was not anything that was reasonable to expect at all. <laughs> uh, there is this total overhaul Skyrim mod called Enderall that I played some of back when it was like just a mod in development and talked about a little bit. And it has since gotten a steam release where if you have Skyrim, you can just download this steam game and it handles, it's like a package that includes the like mod launcher for Skyrim and just does everything for you and loads you directly into the mod Hmm. with the title screen and everything. So that was pretty handy. Um, I played a few hours of that, but it is so crashy that I can't, even though I really want to keep playing it, like I have to save every 15 seconds if I don't want to lose progress to Mm. just crash the desktop all the time, which is a real bummer because the original mod wasn't like that. In in a lot of ways, it's like what I want in that it's Skyrim with much greater density of stuff and... And made using Skyrim's assets, but without Skyrim's style guide or, like, level creation tools, presumably, because everything is weird and different. And it's not just the same assemblages of the same corridor junctions in the same, you know, Viking dungeons. Everything is weird and just cobbled together in ways that don't, like, necessarily make any sense as a world. But, uh...
1: I think... It's just that, new. That's why if I went back to Skyrim, I'd probably want to play it in VR. I'm assuming you haven't played that yet.
2: No. God, it, that sounds awful
1: to me. I mean, making an immersive game much more immersive? Making a game that is so
2: gigantic and empty and samey into a thing that you feel like you personally have to move through it sounds like torture to me.
3: But all the skeletons, hmm. act. All the skeletons.
2: There aren't that many... Like, the skeletons are few and far between if you really th- think about it holistically. I mean, to me, <laughs> I, think it,
1: it, I don't think it would feel any more... The movement feel wouldn't feel any more laborious. If anything, it's probably less because you, I'm sure teleporting around is the default mode hmm. to some extent. Well, that uh, would really change those dragon priest fights. I'm assuming they put some restrictions on it, but... Uh, I don't know, but I assume just just being in the world would feel that much more novel, so it would be like less less mundane because you were constantly marveling at looking around at everything. Hmm. But I don't know.
2: Yeah. Partly, I just don't want to spend another sixty dollars on Skyrim. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I like. Well, you you pay for the VR upgrade. It's just a different. Think, it's just a different skew on Steam. Huh? Is it on Steam? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um. And it's, like, constantly at the top of the VR lists of, like, stuff that's getting played. Yeah. Uh, so people are playing it. Should we talk about the assignment? Tetris 99, and in doing so, also talk about Tetris in general, and also presumably Tetris Effect.
3: Sure. Sure.
1: Tetris 99 is Battle Royale 100-player Tetris. To set the stage, I think everyone should say their favorite Tetris game. Hmm. Huh. Original uh, Game Boy Tetris. Tetris? Tetris. original? But which yeah.
0: one? Yeah, original Game Boy For Tetris. For
1: Game Boy. Oh, Game Boy. Game okay. Boy Tetris. Yeah. I would say uh, Tetris DX on Game Boy Color is hmm. the okay. Tetris. Hmm. Huh. Is that just the first one you played? No, no, no. no. Okay. I played Game Boy. I'm not that I'm not that much of a youth. I actually really like the
2: arcade Tetris. Um, I feel like its difficulty is tuned such that it has a good length of play session, and mm. I like the variations on goals and the variations on like the detritus that it puts in levels to begin with. But the original Game Boy Tetris,
1: where you get to watch the space shuttle take off if you beat 9.5, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the best. I guess Tetris so, Attack might also be the best, but it's not actually a Tetris game.
3: Question. is: Are, are T-Spins a thing that they invented for this game, or were they a thing that existed in other tetri that i just never encountered before
5: they're also in tetris effect they're only in more
3: modern
2: yeah. ones right like okay. and i think it was that was a result of that being kind of a glitch in whatever version of tetris saw a lot of tournament play in the huh. 90s and then became the auto drop also that's a thing that became a part of standard tetris like years after the fact
0: and the so
2: hold. Tetris Effect, Tetris Ninety Nine does not explain fucking anything. No. Oh my God, yeah, it's how to play Jesus, the un-all. battle royale part. Like, yeah, it's that's th- this. Yeah, your your observation was, I think, spot on.
1: Well, yeah, this is like my my tweet composed in my head that I did not actually put on Twitter, but basically saying like it's it's sort of maddening how compelling this this incredibly like bare bones, ugly version of this concept is like, it's very good considering it's like the worst, uh, yeah, this is the it, cheapest possible yeah, MVP like, version. I would of just this argue thing. that like
2: Tetris is such a good game that even shitty Tetris is still great. Right. right. <laughs> like a shitty implementation I, of Tetris is still pretty good. I,
5: I'm Yeah, like, as evidenced by, like, the Game Boy out, and NES though. versions of Tetris.
2: The Game Boy like, version of Tetris is fucking great. The, it,
4: yeah, it but there really have been, well there was, done. like, the like, EA Tetris
1: a, from, like, five years ago that was just, like, very regular Tetris with nothing special about it, and it looked fine, but it was, like... It just, it, I just didn't like stick with it. So I don't. That's why I don't entirely agree with you because I think if you played a very mundane Tetris, you just wouldn't stick with it at all. Like it has to have hmm. some spin on it at this point, even though it, the basic game is great.
2: Maybe at.
3: But how did they not put point. any tutorialization in this game at all? It
2: is it was so yeah. baffling. I think mean, they just wanted to not spend very much time on it because yeah. it's it was free, it's, right? It's like as a free sh- game. But That's why,
1: because a ton of people are going to play your game, and a ton of people yeah. who like don't know a lot about games and on Switch like. It's, it's I mean, only no. free
2: so I, like,
3: in the I, sense that it requires you to sign up for their twenty dollars a year service. Well, right? Like,
2: sure, right. That, I, that's I what only learned how the basic competitive elements worked by listening to them talk about it on the Giant Bombcast. Yeah. So can same. you can you
1: tell me because I have like, no idea. Am I supposed to do okay. anything besides just play Tetris as well, yeah, best I you, can? And yeah, then, like, you,
2: you absolutely have to. Like, you, if if yeah. all well, you're doing so, is just playing Tetris, you cap out. So you you,
1: you you like earn badges. You
2: actually
5: do really well if you're good at Tetris. Like, you can get to the top ten top pretty consistently. 10, yeah, but you're
2: never going to get past that, right? Uh, so you earn badges by KOing people, which mm-hmm. is sending enough garbage to actually end their and, game. And are you, and, actually,
1: you are you choosing people? You can. you can. You can use one analog stick to target a right, specific but, but person. but do any of us do that? Do any no, of you guys
5: do that? Uh, no, okay. I, I certainly I, didn't. You can you can also you can that. also
2: select a category of target, and if you select KOs, it will send trash to the people who were closest to dying. Uh, so okay. you can you can get, like so That's a lot of this that means. <laughs> from what I've heard is a lot of the strategy of it is deciding when to get your badges because you need them once you're in the top 10, you need the the badges determine how much garbage your moves Send to like multipliers, yeah, yeah. So, like when you do a Tetris, it sends four garbage, unless you have a badge, in which case it sends five, unless you have two badges, in which case it sends six or something like that. Hmm. Um, T spins also send garbage more at a higher rate, and that I just don't fucking, yeah. And I watched a tutorial video
3: like chaining sends also sends bonus stuff, too, yeah. So, if you can set up multiple. Things to do you can you can get a ton of garbage sent very
1: quickly okay yeah. that's I helpful and that gives me hope that i can like maybe get to the top because i'd say i'm like good to very good at just basic tetris yeah without getting fancy and i because i got like number three on my second game last night and then I had a few games in the teens not not all of them are that good yeah, but yeah. i'm hoping that with this new information now i can play it yeah. how it's supposed I mean, to be so even, the, even knowing that information that- i
0: i got i got fourth on my second game and then never got anywhere close to that ever again <laughs> right right and i
5: think the trick is that like if you're just concentrating on playing tetris then you're going to do okay but it, once you, you split your, your attention gets yeah to you, right? yeah like that's that's, the, that's that's, a, that's it's true. very very random um, whether you do okay or not but if you're splitting your attention between playing tetris and also then managing your who you're attacking then your tetris yeah. is gonna suffer and um, you, the, you're, you have to be doing well enough at the other game to make up for not doing as well at Tetris. And then like, so I think like there's kind of an illusory effect of like how good you are at the game when you're just playing the one of the games and not both at the same time. Right, right.
1: But I feel like at a level where you're like at the level I'm playing it at, I, I, I don't have any extra attention or time right. to look around. Yeah, same. Uh, but I guess, like, I mean, uh, that is interesting, though, if there is sort of two games happening and you probably have to balance them to some extent to be really good at Tetris 99 specifically. But it sounds like we all agree that, like, not telling you at all how the game works is not the best starting point for anybody. <laughs> right. It probably makes a lot of people die soon enough and discourage them from playing any more than they would have otherwise. Because I think yeah. probably it sounds like by just having some basic understanding of it, everyone would do a lot better.
0: I, so... Playing,
2: playing a bunch of te- like I played through the campaign mode of Tetris Effect over the last few months. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, so can
3: you, can people explain what Tetris Effect is? Because I don't know how it differs from regular Tetris.
2: It's like Tetris plus Res, yeah. sort of. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of crazy shit going on in the background. The tiles look different every time. There's a lot, just a lot of different like sort of visual skins on
4: like, it. Okay, so and, All right
2: and the yeah. music is very very reactive to what you're doing huh. um okay. in yeah. in well, there's like
1: 60 variations of you, it or and something. in the campaign you play it like five levels or skins at a time so mm-hmm. you play through five skins and then you're done and then you move on to the next one back in the menu but each of the skins has like an arc to it like each of the levels has
2: like multiple modes that you go into and a kind of a difficulty curve yeah. and that there's there's two things that really drove me nuts about Tetris Effect. One is that it's this completely different, like modern Tetris is so different than Game Boy Tetris on some it's, fundamental levels that it was really really hard for me to get used to. Mm-hmm. That's and,
5: interesting because I I found that the modern Tetris. So the the main differences that I observed are that um there's the there's the the reserve piece where like if you don't like the piece you're in, you can swap yeah. it. Yeah. For another piece in your in your whatever you call that slot, um, and the other one is that you can just kind of spin your piece indefinitely while it's hovering at the bottom of the play field.
2: That's like, I eventually got to the point where I really like having the reserve piece and I sort of know how to incorporate that into my Tetris playing now. And that's a really powerful tool, but the spinning, the fact that Tetris effect relies on you to know how that works by having levels that are just like nice, relaxing, fun things suddenly crank up to infinite speed oh yeah. yeah right like it just becomes this fucking nightmare yeah and like i, I just had and to kick the like, difficulty i had to kick the difficulty down to easy to finish the campaign just because of that like and that stuff if just it had isn't, just been a gradual curve
5: even even if there had been like that that speed just isn't fun to play at like if this is supposed to be like a relaxing experience yeah, yeah no yeah like I
0: I, I I had for the most that part same observation that once once it gets so fast that you can't you don't have the brain power to react to that speed. It's not fun yeah. anymore. Like, well,
5: even even at slow speed, I'm focusing on Tetris. I'm barely even seeing the visual effects. So, like, is this like rock band? Where the it's first... is,
2: Yeah, it is. A lot of that is wasted. I'm sure it's fun to watch, right? I, like, yeah, I would just like smoke some pot and watch somebody who was good at Tetris play <laughs> Tetris effect.
5: Sure, like
0: that yeah. seems like or, it would be or, a lot of or fun. Or smoke some pot anything. and turn on like. <laughs> Play, instead of playing journey mode pick a particular board that you liked the visual visuals of and turn it down to easy difficulty and do that for
2: yeah just play it on like a if there's like a casual mode. the other
0: yeah. the
1: other part of it for for kevin is like outside of the main campaign there's mm-hmm. like the online effect modes which uh every weekend i think they have like a set of different challenges and it has every it has like marathon mode it has uh, as many lines as you can get in five minutes. It has, like, puzzle modes. It has a whole ton of stuff. So especially if you dive into that, there's, like, a million different other modes you can do and each of their own individual I, I didn't, I didn't get as far as looking at that stuff. That's and... interesting.
0: Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't really yeah, know just, about that either. Yeah, I
1: played through I was the excited campaign. I the other stuff. I kind of
2: looked. I couldn't find it the first time I tried.
1: Yeah, it was the same way for me, weirdly. And then when I found it, I was like, oh, this is a huge part of the game I've neglected. Mm-hmm. And you unlock different little floating avatars that hover around a world and... Um, <laughs> Weird. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've still spent most of my time with the campaign, but um, I've almost perf- I've almost perfected it. Like I need one more, whatever. I need to like beat the last area on the highest ranking. But yeah. there's there's Jazz City, which is the best level. Oh man, uh, yeah, everyone hates it.
2: Yep. But Jazz City, it's the is one great. where I think like cars honk yeah. every time you rotate a piece. I hate the one that's like <laughs> all it's, gears. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. I don't know. I like I kind of like all of the levels like there are some that are better than mm-hmm. others but like just that going through that variety and the god the fucking music is good yeah and it's just it's just like it's, it's just like
1: feel good like it is it is interesting technical. that these are totally different takes on tetris oh yeah, whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. like tetris effect is like this beautiful very well crafted just like aesthetic masterpiece that has so much variety and eases you into it for the most part and i mean it has difficulty spikes and other issues but um whereas Tetris 99 is like here's this one idea executed pretty poorly but it's still pretty (laughs) compelling because it's a great idea and it's free so you can't complain that much uh but it's like so ugly um and even even the like even the basic stats like Yes, I, I. Yes, I like. I'll probably remember the highest place I've gotten, and yes, I'm gonna remember how many games I played total. How about my average ranking? That'll be a nice thing to know. Nope, like not in the
2: basic. <laughs> yeah, it's of stats. super weird. It's like it's like I. I, I expect <clears throat> when I look at that, I expect. So there is like a bug that happens in. Unity games under Windows where by default for whatever reason the mouse wheel scroll speed is like 1/1000th <laughs> of what a reasonable person would set it to by default and so like you run into that a lot playing unfinished games because like maybe they were developing it on a Mac or whatever when i look at that screen I expect that bug to be there (laughs) because it looks like just like the stat screen is just such a rudimentary. Like we just put the like default surface for displaying text in front of this game. Like it, it also, I find it, like, when you're being targeted by a bunch of people, the lines that are pointed at are really you just obscure yeah. the screen Especially in a way that Towards, that
1: towards yeah. the end of you, survive a long time, there'll be, like, six of them covering yeah. your screen. Yep. <laughs> the, the other thing that's weird about this, I was thinking, like, well, could they just, like, patch this mode into Tetris Effect? Uh, like, <laughs> legally, could they? I know the Tetris company is pretty pretty picky, probably. But uh, even if they could, though, it just wouldn't work because not that many people are playing it because it's free. So it's also this weird, right. like, yeah. like defensible thing by nature of it being like a free thing on Switch that Nintendo promoted. Yeah, like it only works if it's.
2: I mean, there are probably always a hundred people who would want to play that mode in Tetris Effect at any given time. Yeah, but if it's
1: only a hundred, then as soon as you die, you're gonna have to sit there and wait till the end, which no one wants to do. You right. just want to instantly rematch. Yeah. Okay. Because my There's girlfriend was like... watching me play it, and she's like, "Well, how does how is this gonna last? Like, no, it's
2: not. Like, it's
3: not. Which is just like, weird it's, it's, to have like a."
2: you
1: know
4: like, yeah but, that, but that's the i suppose thing. Fortnite like, is as well now, ultimately
3: when it's a thing right like that's people are talking about it and then you know next month they'll have moved on to the whatever new battle royale version like oh man battle royale pac-man is really great you know like it's pac-man versus a 100 <laughs> I... ghosts or something yeah <laughs> oh, yeah but i mean
1: that's but it's gonna be interesting if this starts like a a more sort of casual battle royale genre because Fortnite mm. is like exponentially too much for like sure, people yeah. who don't play a lot of games. Fucking whereas survive, this is the right survive.
2: amount. Surv.io is the casual battle royale. That, like right. I still play yeah. a few games of that almost every day. Like it is so
5: good. Mm. <laughs> is that the Snake one?
2: No, it's no. it's a it's uh, it's like PUBG. It's a total yeah. It's like, a total like mechanically, it's just game. a PUBG ripoff. But it's two D top uh, down. Yeah. Top down okay. Like you're just like a circle. With two little circles that are your fists.
5: I think the <laughs> snake one is Slither.io. Slith, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: And then there's all the fake.io things which make you think yeah, you're playing paper, a, a paper, battle royale game. I, but I feel
5: like real. that's the direction. Like if once the user base starts dropping off, they could just have fill your bots. game with 99 bots and who would know. Sure. Yeah. All
1: the all the usernames are too fine tame.
5: Yeah. It's not like there's chat. It
1: would have been great if Tetris just 99 was actually just that. there It was not online at all, and it was just this, like, giant Who would know? Yeah, I know? Nobody I, ever knew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it is. Yeah. yeah, I,
5: Like, you'd have to, like, like look at the the packets going through your router to, like, to
1: see... Well, you'd have to, like, Google the usernames of the other people in the leaderboard. Oh, board. sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, we just uncovered a vast conspiracy. This is why Reggie left. <laughs> I read... The, I watched a
2: video tutorial of how to set up T-Spins... Oh yeah, um,
5: that was interesting. Wait, have we actually described what T spins are? T spins
2: are are match it two line matches that are Im, that would be impossible to drop a piece into naturally, but that you have to spin a T block in place to make the match. Right? Is that what it, it has? It,
3: it's something is with that has a little it, over. It's a thing that has an overhang, so you have to like drop it in and then spin it so that it completes the two lines.
5: Okay. And I mean, they're, maybe and they're you'll more
3: powerful in Tetris effect because when you're sending, so instead of sending, like when you send like eight things over from a Tetris or whatever, it's it's just leaving giving them a single solid column down. But when you send them over a bunch of lines from a T-spin, it's a bunch of dis, disjointed two-block holes oh, throughout the thing. I didn't realize so that. So the T-spins send up a, that was send a much more that terrible junk over to the opponents. So that's that's uh, why the, like, those are so much more powerful, even even though they're harder to do, it's worth doing them.
1: I mean, maybe I'm just speaking for myself here, but I would sort of assume that if you play Tetris as an adult and you don't know how to do T-spins, you're just not going to do them. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's probably a very yeah. hard thing to, like, add to your Tetris repertoire. Yeah. yeah right. it's, I, I, I mean,
2: I'm curious. Having watched that thing, I kind of want to just, like, see if I can get, you know, yeah. because, like, I got pretty good at setting up for just single line gaps for a four piece to do tetrises all yeah. the time. That's just like I, the modality of how I play and just shifting to a slightly different modality. It's like, it's kind of, I mean, the way that he described it was like, you think of the board as being divided into three sections, like two three-wed things on the right and two and, and the the rest of it on the left. And on the left, you just play normal Tetris. And every time you get a, a square and an L, you do something in the second column. And every time you get another... A, Whoa. every time you get a S, you do it in the third column and then huh. every t you t spin with i don't think like, i could re-
1: reprogram my brain to that
2: well but it's right. just a different thing it's just a different thing you're trying to do but it's very easy it's very comprehensible and it doesn't seem like it would be hard to do hmm. uh but that's also just like a, a very 101 like thing about Approach it,
4: so it. So the- yeah yeah,
1: that that's even something in Tetris 99 that I found difficult is my like default mode of playing Tetris. Like in Tetris Effect, is immediately like lining up the side of the level like many blocks high only for lines. Like mm-hmm. I'll just give myself like a twenty yeah. block high thing for lines, and, and then I'll force myself just to fill in the fucks
2: rest. You when garbage comes in,
1: right? So you you just can't do that. Like you have to almost constantly be making some amount of lines to like survive a long time, which is just not how I play at all. So even that's been hard to like shift. Yeah, not not just towards. because that's how of I the play way once garbage I've, like, comes in up a bench.
0: bunch. But also yeah. because you need to constantly be making lines to stop incoming garbage from coming in
1: right. The other yeah sorry one of the thing about Tetris effect too for, for Kevin is it's got the actual effect mode is cool. It's so you build up this meter that you can like flip on at any point once it's partially filled up or all the way filled up and then time slows down and you have oh, this right. cool sort of bullet time where you're like making as many lines as possible and then it, uh what does it do it's gets rid of no it sticks that many lines underneath your current playing field.
0: I think well, they, while they you're don't, in that mode they they, they, that mode they they the lines don't clear until that mode is over and then it clears them all right. at once so and then gives you points for however many that was right. yeah. so that so it I it, it introduces I like octresses instead <laughs> yeah
5: actresses. so I mean, they presumably they talk about this in the tutorial, but I didn't look at the tutorial because I know how to fucking play Tetris. Yeah,
2: fuck me too. <laughs> what was this? So, I
5: had like, no idea. That so that there was that's a- why you a, can't beat those difficulties. There was that's probably part of it. Actually, there's a meter in the bottom left that fills up like a pie meter. Yeah, that um, I was I was this is constantly at max. This is probably something I should. And I looked up what <laughs> to do with it.
1: On the internet, you didn't question the big, like pulsing light in the corner of the screen. It's
2: fucking pulsing lights in every quadrant of well, the screen. Well, that's right actually there. a <laughs> really good point. Like, but
5: the it's... other, the other reason was that, like, I thought I did pretty well, and I only got a B. Yeah, you yeah, know. That,
1: yeah. Fuck.
4: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: How do you? How you do just you... hit either trigger button. Ugh, fucking triggers, man! I just <laughs> pretend that the triggers aren't there. <laughs> I'm sure you can remap it. <laughs> Man, You hit the I, buttons
2: that don't turn the pieces. I, I, one <laughs> b- one big problem that I had with Tetris 99, especially compared to Tetris Effect, was pretty problems. constantly accidentally slamming pieces down because the D-pad, oh, yeah.
1: even on the Switch Pro Controller, is fucking terrible. Mm. Oh, is it really on the Pro Controller? Yeah. Because my thought last night playing with the Joy-Con is like, this is a joke. I need to order a Pro Controller like, tonight.
4: I didn't. You, you were that playing, playing like with the D-pad on the Joy-Con? Like, want... Joy-Con?
5: What about it? You were playing with the D-pad on the Joy-Con? The quote D-pad, yes. Right, the, the four buttons arranged yeah, yeah, in yeah. a gr- you know, cross. Oh my god. That's why I couldn't play Celeste.
2: Like I dashed in the wrong direction almost all of the time every, because every the Switch's D-pad is so so mm. shitty. Yeah.
4: yeah.
3: Oh, uh, I was trying to I also tried to use the uh the the little the left Joy-Con and that also was terrible. Like it like dashing in Celeste on the Switch is so so hard and bad.
2: So and it's like it's not bad for most games, right? Like I'm sure I could play right. Spelunky on it because yeah. like accidentally, well, it, accidentally hitting up on Spelunky doesn't well, actually the fuck reason
5: shit up. it's it's especially bad in Celeste is because you are committing to a direction before yeah, exactly. you can really see what direction you're pressing. Yeah.
2: Yep. yep. Yeah. Maybe if there was like a little arrow on right. you that was pointing. At that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what I kind of want is like an NES controller. Which you they, can, didn't you can, they just make that? Yeah, yeah but up.
5: I think it only works for... Oh, for the NES. For the NES stuff, yeah. Oh. I actually no, dug no. into that stuff uh, because now I'm subscribed to this service. Oh, yeah. Why not just check out... And, like, they do this weird thing where... I forget what they call it, but, like, they have, like, special versions of the yeah. games. And as far as I can tell, it's just, like, we're loading a save state mm-hmm. with, like, here's some cool items in Zelda. I think some of it was
2: hacked though right because like, like i think in zelda you start with all the you start with all a bunch of power-ups but like the doors that lead to those power-ups in the dungeon are not unlocked
5: oh already, yeah I don't okay
2: so i think they i think those might have just been like save edited yeah or maybe something. I, i'm totally just pulling this out of my ass but
5: yeah it, it's a very strange like value add to to put on a service like that but like i i was sort of excited by the idea of like here's a big wall of NES games, and then I realized I have so in my life exhausted my desire to play any NES games. Yeah, <laughs> you Just, think
2: of it you still ha- you still have that childhood feeling that like oh man, NES games rule. Yeah, and there must be so many good ones that I've never played, uh-huh. and it would be so great every time you got an opportunity to play a new one. You're like, yes, this is this is. I don't know what orgasms are yet, but this is probably <laughs> like that. And then you realize, oh, no, wait. You could you've been able to play whatever NES game you I've want and I've already played
5: 20 all years. the good ones. Yeah,
2: and it, yeah, and it's like but there's still I, that there's still know, the part I, of your brain that
3: Solomon's Key was something that was new to me and I thought that was a really good game. Like
2: I feel like I feel like Yeah, that that's there, fair.
3: There, there are some games that you will discover because but, of the service that are, are actually interesting and good. And, yeah. Well, the, yeah, I guess the
5: games that, that are, how, are on how the... deep
2: of a dive you took with Nesticle.
3: And also, like, oh, sure. the
5: games on the service right now, I've definitely played all of them. Yeah.
2: I, had, I rented Solomon's Key a couple times, so, like, I had played that as a... And I I never got to play enough of it that I got bored with it, so it was always a game that I thought I was being really good, and then playing it on an emulator, like, having infinite access to it was like, mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: So, uh, what are we doing for an assignment for next week?
0: I've, I don't I've forgotten remember. what it was called. You're the one who suggested uh, it. Ape Out. It. Oh, yeah. All right. Describe oh, yeah. the game
5: and then... Ape out. Ape, uh, ape out. ape Out? Ape Out.
2: Yeah. It's like Hotline Miami, except you're an ape, and the, there's a reactive score that is uh, supposedly very, very, very satisfying. Oh. Huh. Um, Scores and music, not Like a, music, like a not score as like numbers. points
1: or a score like yes. music?
2: Uh-huh. score like points. <laughs> okay. A score like music
5: Points. What I mean. On, okay.
1: Uh, it's very reactive where you music. do things and it gives you
2: a score. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's crazy. It's I mean, so satisfying. It's so satisfying the way every time you punch a guy, you get 100 points. A number goes <laughs> up.
5: <laughs> I've, I've, so, like, this is not really a joke because I've definitely played games where the scoring system is really satisfying. Yeah?
2: <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. And and price times was really unsatisfying too, where it's just sort of completely irrespective of your actions, the score just goes up or down by random amounts every time.
5: (laughs) Yeah, or even like I I remember playing a a game where, and this was like a, a homebrew kind of a deal in like the mid '90s, so like not not a not a very polished game, but a game where like, um, you most of the actions that you take give you scores like this gives you three points, but then there's one action you can take that gives you like 2 billion points. Hmm. And just like, and, and clearly this, like the, the way the rest of the game was framed that, that felt like a joke on the part of the developer to like, just, yeah, just ignore the fucking score, man. Mm -hmm. But like, it really was an effective way to like make you feel like every other action than taking that one action was a complete waste of time.
2: I think I my crane manor room gives you a point for solving the puzzle in it, uh-huh. and I think that there were maybe only a couple of other places where anyone <laughs> gave you points. I did I feel like they might have just. <laughs> I did taken the same thing. I uh. the,
0: my my yeah. one puzzle gives you one point if you if you solve it. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, mine too. That was,
2: and I I was like, what? Well, this seems like the natural thing to do, like yeah. like a mainline progression puzzle, like yeah, you know, it d- gives you a point. It, like, it should
5: it also increase your rank.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
5: and pop up a trophy. It would have been funnier. If like one of you was like, oh, yeah, my puzzle gives you 2000 points. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been a little better. (laughs) Um, All
2: right. uh, Well, uh, gosh,
5: gosh, darn it. This has been a fun episode. Like one one of these weeks we should do Crane Manor as the assignment.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Yeah, sure. It's weird. It doesn't have to be anytime soon. Just like
5: sometime in the distant future. It's not one day.
2: It's not in like illustrative of anything. Really, I mean, it's, I would say. it's crazy
0: to play, and I'm sure Jenny and Ryan would be the first to admit that. <laughs>
2: yeah, like it's it is it's bewildering. Yeah,
5: and okay, but is there like a is there a walkthrough on YouTube?
2: There's uh, got to be a text walkthrough. There's there is like no,
0: pretty I comprehensive forum thread, and I think Jenny was working on an Invisi Clues, but I don't know if she finished it or
5: not. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Great. Okay, somebody, let's let's somebody, wait somebody till the in Invisi-Clues is out. I, and then... I haven't
2: actually played it since she added some kind of a coffee cup that is like a diegetic hint system.
3: Okay.
2: I don't remember exactly how I don't know how it works because that didn't get patched in until after okay. I play tested it.
5: Um is it like you see FK in the coffee and then
2: <laughs> it the coffee cup tells you whether there's anything for you to accomplish in the current room currently okay Uh, i think which is very useful right Uh, anyway uh i've had a fantastic time recording this episode of uh video games hot talk with you and i hope we do it again uh yeah i feel like this is a good one and nick come back anytime
1: buddy thanks where can people find you on the internet if they want to find you on the internet uh they can find me at N Suttner two t, uh N S U T T N E R and at the Spelunky Show for the Splunky Podcast that I mentioned. Highly recommend the Spelunky. Which is mainly the a game Spelunky design,
5: design podcast. Like, it's not really, really yeah, about Spelunky. It's
2: it's not really about Spelunky. Yeah.
5: Uh Jim, where can people find you? Um geez, at my house, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just, just flip <laughs> the your car flip over car, in front yeah. of it and he'll come Take out to your attention. And, you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can play Frog Fractions three.
2: Uh, Kevin, where can people find you?
3: I'm at Puzzle Theory on Twitter, uh, and currently wandering in the
2: outback.
0: <laughs> Stay close.
2: In near your house. Oh yeah, you're good. you're headed to Dunedin.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, Riff. Uh, I'm at Rifflesby on Twitter, and either Rifflesby or Riff Connor on YouTube. I'm not sure if either or both of those works. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird. I'm on know, Twitter right?
2: at Zap Jackson. <laughs> zap spelled like zap and jackson spelled like jackson i'm sorry goodbye everyone i've okay. <laughs> forgotten how to end the show yeah good
5: night good night have a great week everybody